We're live. We're live. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Nerdy Up North podcast. It's a nerdy podcast hosted by Northern Nerds. I'm one of your hosts, Sam. And I'm the returning co-host, Paul. And just just to let everyone know, I'm not shitting myself anymore, so it's all good. Um, (laughs) We didn't actually tell people. No, we didn't. That's fine. Just got to lower the tone as well and keep keep the peeps up to date. For me peeps, sir. But yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yes, uh, we are uh, joined this week by the lovely Charlotte and making Poppinese proverbial uh, podcast cherry, shall we say. We are breaking his virginity. Um, <laughs> we are have the, like I say, the, how, how would I describe mm, you? Me- well, mega fan. The <laughs> nice fan. The mega the, fan. The, the podcast cheerleader. <laughs> yes, the, the, Hawaii, the Hawaiian shirt wearing super freak. That is Goodwill. <laughs> you're gonna have to say hello goodwill we are on other platforms people need to hear you good evening <laughs> if any of you have tuned into uh, mine and jake's last twitch where we did resident evil 5 goodwill joined us and i swear to god the commentary from him was absolutely hilarious so i know fine well we're in for an absolute treat tonight certainly but um we have been debating doing this episode for quite a while um, quite a while, quite a while. Um, but we have had trepidation because we know uh, how difficult and how diverse the conversation can get with the subject matter we are talking about. And it's probably sci-fi's ongoing um, saga, shall we say. It, it, I don't think it will ever end or could ever end. It should ever end. We are, in course, going to talk about Star Trek so yes, live long and prosper, everyone. We are delving, um, like I said, to galaxies that hasn't been discovered yet. I'm trying to get all the puns out now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, because I think we've got a, a long conversation ahead of us of the trek. So why don't I get the uh, disclaimer out of the way with first, and then we'll just crack on. Perfect. So everything discussed in tonight's episode is our opinions and our opinions alone. If you want to discuss anything from tonight's top, uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I can't talk. If you want to discuss anything from tonight's episode, please come and join us on the Facebook group and we can have an open discussion. What we won't have is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong, especially mine. We can agree <laughs> to disagree in fandoms. Let's keep it fun, keep it kind and keep the toxic behaviour out of nerdism. Yes, well done, Sammy. Bless Thank you. you all. Uh, it is a bit of a mouthful, as we say. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, with Star Trek as well, because the fandom is so huge and passionate as well we do not claim to be like oracles or anything to do with star trek like see i'm a fan i've like star trek for years goodwill obviously um <laughs> never seen the show before with all the ships behind him and got his outfit out today <laughs> bless him <laughs> I'm only here for Sequest DSV. I'm out on podcast. Stargate and shit like that. <laughs> or oh, what was it, Babylon 5 or something? What was Babylon? What was Babylon 5? Was it? Yeah, talk about Babylon 5. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, we start, we start here. Interruptions already. But yes, um, this is probably going to be an interesting one as well, because I know from the Facebook group, we do have very strict no religion and no politics rules. But we're going to kind of break that tonight with this episode because you can't talk about Star Trek without breaking down them barriers because that has been one of the pillars and posts that with Star Trek that has been from the early 
um, like Jane Runbury, the start incarnation of, like, say, Captain Kirk, uh, Captain Sh- James T- T. Kirk, sorry, Tiberius. Uh, <laughs> so just in case, just see, I am a tree. <laughs> only part of the quiz I got. It's the, only, it's the only part of the quiz I got right today. I knew what his middle name was. <laughs> um, I'm going through the things that have, it is one of the shows that's kind of broken down barriers, mm-hmm. talked about subjects in a way, and gotten away with it in ways that probably so the show kind of because it's never been taken this serious because it's Star Trek. Um, am I right in saying that? Am I talking about the bollocks there? Absolutely. I think Star Trek's, uh, I think Star Trek message is, I think people do do take it seriously. Uh, hmm. and, and, and it, I, I mean, I don't know if you agree, Charlotte. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, they were the only show that were brave enough to feature an interracial kiss at the time. Mm-hmm. First yeah. ever interracial kiss on telly was Uhura and Kirk. Yeah, and I said, and I don't know if. And at the time, much. that mm-hmm. was massive. It was yeah. not not accepted that well. <laughs> but so. I think, but yeah, how can? But well, that's always been the weird thing was Kirk pretty made out of every single color creed. Um, yeah. <laughs> that that was out yeah. there as well. Um, I even liked it in the I new did, film when they take the puss out of that as well. But yeah, totally well. <laughs> I, I did read read an article today, which I thought quite funny, which was uh, William Shatner, bless his heart, was a bit annoyed because people were implying that Captain Kirk was bisexual. And I was just like, well, yes, <laughs> because you literally kiss anything. <laughs> yeah, he was an absolute sexual being. He would bang anything inside. I, I don't <laughs> care. Inside. I don't think... I don't think gender would have came into his vocabulary no, while he I was. Mean, no. Species definitely wasn't an issue. So why would gender? <laughs> I mean, you're you're telling me, you're telling me there are not little half Klingon Kirks, half Vulcan Kirks, half Orion exactly. Kirks, exactly swanning around the galaxy. <laughs> you know, I refuse to accept it. We just haven't seen them yet. Are we getting into Genesis already? Are we there? <laughs> oh, it's the only Star Trek film I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> yes but yeah um like, so i just wanted to get out of the way first because I, I don't want people to say i'm like a bit of a hypocrite and stuff like that, but I, I know in the group it serves its purpose but with star trek i want again these tones and, and topics because i think throughout the years we'll be doing it a disservice if we didn't but mm-hmm. let's start at a, like a, a little bit of a a friendliest team so I, i'm quite interested in or what your starting points or um like how you kind of got into, shall we call the trek? Um, so we'll start with the lovely Charlotte. We'll give her a little thing. So I would love to understand where you got into trek and like fell in love with uh, traveling across all these cosmoses and galaxies. Um, same thing that I got into most most nerdy passions of mine is my dad. Mm. Uh, Saturday nights was Next Generation nights after our tea watch Star Trek, go to bed. And then I remember seeing First Contact when I was, when did First Contact come out? 97, First Contact, was it? Or was it 97? So I was eight. And to this day, it's my favourite Star Trek film and just couldn't get enough of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I re- it was really weird because we watched it back. Um watched it back a couple of years ago and it was the first time I'd watched it in ages and I watched it and I was like 
this really isn't as like gruesome as I remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's like watching it when I was eight years old and there's like mm-hmm. assimilating people and cutting off yeah. body parts and repl- it was it was gruesome. Yeah. But I watched it like, watched it back a few years ago. I was like, this isn't as What's this one called? No. First contact. Oh, I have to watch that. It's brilliant, absolutely. Have you not seen First Contact? Let's not get into this now, Charlotte. <laughs> Otherwise, you're in for a long night. Like we said, we're going to be silent yeah. starting on Sally. She says it uninitiated, uh, as the Bob would probably say. <laughs> we'll come to that, the um, one that So, yeah, you know so, mean? yeah, uh, Next Gen, mm-hmm. Picard, Saturday Night Telly. Yeah. See, we're next gen. I, I think that's why, uh, yeah, I think that's why I still love Star Trek because it brings back so many like memories, memories. and mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it does weigh heavily on nostalgia a lot of the time with the Trek as well. But I think that's why it, it grows and it constantly grows because um, I know it's going to sound really cheesy because people are fans of it, loved it when they're younger. They are growing up now and they're getting into roles and places and think, let's, this, I want to do the Star Trek that I want to see. And that's why we're seeing so many different versions of it now. Like, I've never known, like, in the last, say, five years, so many different iterations of, like, what we're getting of Trek now. I know with streaming platforms, I'm making it more accessible and how it's, it's come out. Like, but it's just crazy to try and keep things. And I remember when they used to announce the new, the new Star Trek, it used to be a huge announcement I remember when they done Enterprise, that was fucking mega. And then when Netflix, was it Discovery? Um, uh, Netflix, yeah, co-funded uh, Discovery with uh, CBS and they got the international uh, right. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the, it was the most expensive Star Trek series mm-hmm. ever produced. Yeah, because I remember like when like Netflix made a big deal over here, but now like say you've got Picard on uh, Amazon and you've got Below Decks now, which is like a cartoon version. Um, and like, so the, what was the new one that just came out? You can't actually watch it in the UK yet. They, yeah, <laughs> they, so the, the reason why, <clears throat> I mean, a lot of people probably haven't seen um, the, the last series of Discovery and, and Strange New Worlds. It's, it's purely because Paramount, like CBS are launching Paramount Plus. Over yes. here, yeah. uh, next next month, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now there was originally there was supposed to be a deal with Sky, so Sky they were going to do the same thing that NBC did with Peacock. So Peacock would be on Now TV, so mm-hmm. Sky would have uh, Paramount Plus, and Paramount Plus have gone no, they want their own uh, streaming platform. So they've they've sort of withheld the the big shooters, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Um, but there was so much outcry with Discovery. Obviously, they put it on Pluto TV with mm-hmm. uh, ads. But yeah, I mean, going back to how many series now? Eleven TV series have been yeah. made so far, with and, I, I believe three still in the works. That's crazy when you think about it as well. And and you think about the films. There's been thirteen movies, if I'm right. Thirteen. Thirteen. Thirteen <laughs> movies and like all of them together. Uh, that's going from like the originals to next the next generation taking yeah. over, and then uh, with the reboots and stuff. But um, I just wanted to call out as well because I um, I know we haven't said hello at the chat now. We're getting a few people in there, oh. but your outfit is very popular in the chat there. Goodwill. I don't know if you want to stand <laughs> up and give them a twirl. Twirl around. <laughs> Is it? Oh, there oh. is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. People will probably know the Picard maneuver, which is 
he always has to pull his shirt down because the <laughs> army war from season three onwards kept riding up and minus two. So I constantly <laughs> have to say, and I'm not even moving. It just goes. <laughs> like that. So, 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 yeah, so he hasn't got a wedgie. He's just trying to keep his top down, girls. So, so ladies don't scream just yet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, what about you, Goodwill? I know this is going to probably be a long one. How did you get into Star Trek? <laughs> so... I was talking to my mum about this because obviously I, I, I as, as long as I can remember, Star Trek has always been there. And she said I got into it when I was two. Right. Wow. And now her and my grandmother were, were Star Trek fans, not to the extent that I am, but they always used to watch it. And obviously I was in the, the room, Star Trek would be on. And apparently I, I first started calling it Star Twix. Right. Oh, well, I prefer two. that name better. Yeah. I'm two, and I don't know what what the hell words are. Um, So I remember, I mean, vividly, the original series when it was on BBC Two at, like, six Mm -hmm. on a weeknight. Um, Oh, you young guns. (laughs) (laughs) And then, obviously, over here... And I mean, people more now that we have to wait a week or we have to wait 24 hours for a show to come from the US and streaming. Back then, we had to wait years. Six months, wasn't uh, it? Six months oh, before. This was, this was years, mate. Next Generation didn't come on to UK television until about 1990, 1990, Yeah. And I was there. And I, I lived it. I lived it. <laughs> so when did, it, me, cause, cause, when did it actually get come out like fully? Because I thought, like, as I said, it was 1997. Ah, you can wait, you can wait. And we were always two, three years behind DS9, Voyager, everything like that. Um, but I vividly remember the next generation, um, much much like Charlotte. It, 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 The next generation and the next generation era for me is that comfort blanket that no matter how you feel, no matter how bad you are, how bad of a day you are, you can put it on and you can instantly feel better. And there's a nostalgic element to that. But for me... It feels like an extended family. Oh, like me and the Goonies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and pretty soon Paul will do the truffle shuffle. But hey. it. <laughs> but yeah, if, if you ask, you'll get it, son. <laughs> Just so tell it. Yeah, there it is right there. <laughs> but it, it felt like, you know, I mean, I, I had no brothers or sisters growing up. Um, I was. Uh, not to bring it down, I was quite a loner at school, didn't really have many mm. friends. Star Trek was that, that that extended family, you know, they were there. And I just instantly loved everything about Star Trek, from the very first one with Jeffrey Hunter, Christopher Pike, all the way up to the day. There's some weak ones, there's some strong ones. But for me, Star Trek is not just a show and movies, it's it's life, it's a way of life. It's a culture. It promotes the right values mm-hmm. that you know we, as a, as a civilization, should follow. Yeah, 
or aim oh. to go towards that. Because uh, <laughs> uh, we started off, uh, oh, Kim's going to be so pissed off. Yes. <laughs> really fucking got us. Uh, so sorry. Everyone makes Sammy cry except from Kim. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That really got us. Oh, I, lo- I love hearing people talk about, I'm really, I'm gone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I just, I love hearing the passion behind fandoms and listening to other people saying how much they love something because you and when you know when you've fallen in love with a with a a a thing or a fandom or a franchise you can't sometimes explain that to someone as to why you do and you feel like an absolute fool but when you sit in a group of like a room with a group of people who feel exactly the same just proper hits home. I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, that's the thing. Because as Goodwill said, sometimes you can feel a bit alone and things. But if you find your people, you're never alone. Even yeah. if it could be like say weirdos off the internet. Hi guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's about so just... creepy. <laughs> Hiya. 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 Hi, Hi, Sa- Hi Sammy's mom. <laughs> <laughs> It's the same as when you attend conventions. I mean, conventions have always, you know, Star Trek conventions have always been the butt of many jokes. I mean, Saturday Night Live did it all the time. The William Shatner skits, you know. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, you know. Look, look at the film Fanboys. Like, say, that I was fucking one love it. One of my favourite films. But it, it is a huge joke, like, say, it, about the whole situation and stuff. But, but you get it? there, and, and I don't know if it's the same for every other fandom, but you're with people who enjoy and are as passionate as you and it's for me not having that with with mm. most of my friends you know star trek for me was always my mm. thing not many people yeah fans. being there it, it feels like going home yeah where yeah. because these people are passionate these people mm. understand and it's it's I, I, still don't like, I still don't like people so sorry yeah <laughs> I, I don't i i mean I, I don't know if the group knows or anything. You know, I, I do have social anxiety. Um, and being with Trekkies, as daft as it is, I don't get that. Oh, that's, that's so nice. Yeah. But it's like, say, feeling comfortable to be yourself, though. I think that's that's half mm-hmm. the battle. Then yeah. you, because you spend half your life or half your day pretending I'm not, like, you put up the facade like say, well, a lot of fandoms and stuff like that. Look at us, Sam. Like say, well, we had to do through college. Yeah. I didn't like comics, so but didn't like certain music just because people used to like look at you differently. But that's when I, you grow uh, and know about yourself a little bit more. But that's... I I hid it along like through secondary school and college. I mean, through primary school. I mean, I was young. I didn't care. I'd I'd go to school wearing a Star Trek badge, wearing a Star Trek T-shirt. I didn't care. I was bullied heavily. For that and for uh, uh, decades after I mm. kept it to myself because yeah. of that fear of being ridiculed of being bullied mm-hmm. by that and it's only been in the last 10 years that I've gone you know what who gives a shit <laughs> who gives a fuck I don't give a flying feck no I tra- right, I'm totally I'm with you rocket yeah I'm gonna embrace it and you know what light years better 
Yeah, it's it's it, it brings it's it's like a weight off your shoulders. I went through it. I've been through it through my whole teenage life, my whole young adult life. It's only been in, like I was the weird kid, I was the spooky kid. I've always been like I'm the one who thought it was hilarious to wear fucking brightly coloured odd socks to school because I wanted to be that different. I've always gone for shock value. I did it all the way all, through. Always, always the show, aren't you? How exactly, <laughs> but I always <laughs> socks. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we can. But I know I've always gone for shock value. I've always been the weird kid, and the, the obviously the goth thing didn't really help us a lot, did it? But then in the last few years, I'm just like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Really, don't give a shit. I'm never going to change. I'm never going to conform. Why should you? Exactly. That, that's 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 the whole thing about Star Trek. Though it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what planet you're from. It doesn't matter how different you look. I'm, I'm I mean, still trying to fuck you. She's stumped, Charlotte. My dad watching. <laughs> oh no! Saying that though, I, I, sorry, I do want like from from what you've told us about your dad, I, I don't want your mum on the podcast anymore. I want your dad on, so um, <laughs> maybe if we can get your dad in the monkey outfit, that'll be interesting. <laughs> Not even the monkey outfit. Just get your dad on. Let's let's have a conversation about Charlotte. Let's just do a whole episode <laughs> of Charlotte celebrating Charlotte. Oh God, get a room to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, back back to Star Trek. So yes, Sammy, I know you're not the biggest Trek, but I know you've probably had experiences. I in- have, I have stories. I, I do. Give us a story. <laughs> I'll give you a story. No, I, yeah, I got dragged up on the Trek. My mum is a huge sci-fi nerd. My mum dragged me up on um, Kirk's honestly um the start the star trek with kirk in hitchhiker's guy at the galaxy they the lot my mom was a huge sci-fi fan so trek was in our house constantly and i think that's why i resented quite a bit if I, was, if I was 10 years younger, I would have been your dad, so it's fine. Will you stop? <laughs> what a statement! What a statement! Oh. There's not that much between us, man. You're a year older than us. I'm sure, I'm sure your mum would have made it work. It's okay. Mate, my mum knows you. My mum knows you for the dude who threw up on our uh, roof. That's all in the past. We'll move on past that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I was I was dragged up on the trek. Um, but don't get us wrong. As much as I'm not a trekkie, I can still appreciate it. I've loved the new films that have come out with um, Chris Pine. Absolutely loved them. I did actually watch the first series of Picard. Um, I didn't understand what was going on, but I watched it. <laughs> but it got us actually to watch the, a few episodes of is it Generation when Picard like when Picard started. Yeah. yeah, and made us do a tra- uh, um, quiz today. I am so bad. Like he's because Ant's <laughs> Trek, like Ant likes Trek, and he knows his stuff. And he started asking us questions, and I just couldn't answer any of them. <laughs> um, but no, I, I I can appreciate it. Um, it's just not something that's ever. It, I don't have the same love and passion as what Charlotte and Goodwill do. I wish I did, given what the speech that Goodwill's just given her. <laughs> but no. And when Fanboys is on, I'm rooting for the wars. So <laughs> we'll come. We'll come to that conversation because I think talking about Star Trek, you can't not mention, like you say, the, the differences and stuff. But yeah, um, 
Mine's quite uh, for me a little bit wholesome, shall we say? Um, you? Yes, yes. Um, my in, like I say it was when I was very young. Like it wasn't as quite as young as Goodwill. I, I can't remember that that far. But it used to be Channel Four. I, I used to do um, Land of the Giants. So I used to watch the Land of the Giants on a Sunday morning with my granddad. And as soon as that finished, um, put the old Captain uh, like the original Star Trek on afterwards. And they used to have like marathons where they used to do episode on episode. I know there wasn't that many seasons, but it used to be like every Sunday, it used to be like retro TV. That used to be what Channel 4 used to be amazing at, like all the different shows, like the Land of the Giants. If, if you've never seen it, please Google find the show. It, it, it's done in a way with practical effects that mm. most modern shows would use special effects, but it's done in a way that's just brilliant. And Was that happened. a HG Wells take, Land of the Giants? I'm not, I, know a, I know there was a movie called Village of the Giants, and that was a hit based on a Wells story. I don't know if there was. I can't remember the story. I just remember it was like they used to go to different, like travel around and like different worlds and every, every place. Like this, one day they used to go to like a Western world, and like everyone, like everything was giant. Then they were small, but it was just like absolutely brilliant. I, I just remember flashbacks. I've been in awe watching it. But then going off and like I say even like Captain's Log, uh, Stargate to do, and, and Kirk sitting in the chair I'm not going to do the Kirk impression I know I was joking Charlotte I'm not going to get used to do it uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. they, they must they must be something out there there's <laughs> something on the wing there's something on the wing <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah I know the references too <laughs> It's like, it's like the fight moves and stuff but yeah um <laughs> I, I, each different way uh getting uh captain kirk like to either get his t- shirt torn um and off off when he was fighting and he was oh yeah i'm trying to obliged paul <laughs> <laughs> so had to do with it so yes but uh i just remember that but like say being like then an old spock saying logical that's illogical logical and then trying to practice the Vulcan uh, death grip on me on me little brother uh, yeah never never worked once which it always used to piss us off um, <laughs> do you know do you know who's going to be the original Spock no fill me with knowledge son Martin Landau it, from Space no really he was offered the role mm. and he turned it down because he didn't want to play a stoic character and Kirk was going to be Jack Lord from Hawaii Five O. I knew the Jack Lord one. Yes, I yeah. did not know. Ma- oh, that is- wow! How different would it have been? I know Sammy loves uh, documentaries and things. Mm. Um, if if I think it's still on Netflix for the love of Spock mm-hmm. about oh. Leonard, about Leonard Nimoy um, and his life and his life in Star Trek, but it's it's written and directed and produced by his son. Son, yeah. Uh, it doesn't make you cry, my God. <laughs> It's Charlotte, you've seen done. what can make me cry. <laughs> you know what can make me cry. I will probably be hysterical. So, so well done. Oh, I'll when, have to when, watch it. When Leonard Nimoy took the took the role of Spock, everybody mm-hmm. told him that it was going to be the end of his career and that that was it. It was a stupid role wow. and a stupid sci-fi show and it was never going to take off. In a way. Oh, how wrong were they? No, no, no. In a way. <laughs> I would say there weren't much wrong because, to be fair... I know he was like a proper thespian actor and stuff like that, but he was always forever like it's a good role to be known as, but he never got away from that. He never oh, got he away from that. Yeah. 
he never yeah. left that, that that role of. Is of that really a bad thing though? Like it got it got him work. It got him notoriety. We are forever going to know who Leonard Nimoy is because of that character. Is there anything wrong with being typecast because of that character you played? Send a road after him in Los Angeles. I've got a road named named after us in Sunderland. Yes, we passed him the other day, and I said to me, "Mum, is there any way you can go back so I can get a photo?" It said Paul Watson close or something. Paul Watson where? That's Paul it. Close. <laughs> no, Paul Watson say, way. Oh, I was about to say, does, if it says Paul Watson close, could you just write "run" in brackets? <laughs> Next time I go past it, I'm getting a photograph of it. I was like. I swear to God, that's just said Paul Watson on their mind. <laughs> when, it, when it actually got put up, people actually tried destroying it. They ran it over, they set it on fire. I only discovered it the other day, mate. That was definitely yeah. not me. And it, it was last Saturday, I was in the car with my mum coming back from uh, Roca. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I swear to God, that just said Paul Watson on there. <laughs> It was named after a politician in Sunderland that wasn't very nice, but I did share the name. But every time I go past, I've, I've actually stood next to him and got my photograph taken. But, um, but yes. Um, That'd be a good business card, that. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. Um, but going back, like I said, talk about the original Star Trek, moving on from then, I'd say I loved, um, like I said, the next generation. But for me, I love the movies more. When the movies started to come out, like I said, each year, um, I, I, I thought like I know a lot of people has been given given like say that there's a lot of them that get shit, and there's always the legends that the, the odd number ones are always the terrible ones. The odd ones are the bad ones. The even yeah. ones are the good ones, and then that that was just threw into the fire with uh, Nemesis. <laughs> Which one's Nemesis? Is that the one with Tom Hardy? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, one that, the one that he killed his career. Apart from, I, I have a story. I have a story about Nemesis. Now. Well, a, apart from the the new ones that have been out, that's the only Star Trek film I have mm. seen outside right. of the new ones. So, oh, yeah. so you missed a few, but um, I yeah. missed a few by the sounds, but I missed a freaking lot. <laughs> but um, like, say when you watch them back, as Charlotte said, when you were watching them as a kid, we hadn't seen anything like this before. Mm. I know no, when Star Wars came out, but that was in-depth battles and stuff like that. This was more logical, shall we say. <laughs> it was like... Oh. Logical. <laughs> That's a tagline for this episode, by the way. No. It's all logical. I thought sorry, I was going the, to say yeah, Sorry, the, the Star Trek films kind of... Star Trek was a bit different in the way that they always tried to save mm-hmm. whoever they were fighting yeah. and avoid the, the, the confrontation and it going violent mm-hmm. rather oh. than... But that's just that kill would, everyone. No, <laughs> you see, he loses there. No, but that's the thing. That, that is the Star Trek way. Like, <laughs> even in the first episode of Next Generation, um, it's when, because it's it's an odd episode to start with, shall we say, because it, you get introduced to the cast and the crew, which is done very, very well. Um, like I say, Picard's very stick up, stick up his ass, shall we say. Um, for, like You don't really see much of his personality yet. He just he, He's very Starfleet- this is like trying to save, and the introducing of Q was such a relevation because it was such an odd thing to do. It was like because you didn't see it, a being with omnimnous power trying to play mankind, saying that we're like kind of what's wrong with the universe, and that it's kind of like put and puts humanity on trial, but using the Starfleets as 
as like the the barometer, and it was done so cleverly in some some of the worst special effects I've ever seen. I'm sorry that flying. Um, oh, I mean, they had like a budget. They had a budget. <laughs> they had a budget of about fifty p. Yes, to, <laughs> to deal <laughs> with that, and you know, you you look at. I know they remastered the next generation, and it's it's infamously hard to re- remaster the TNG era Star Trek mm-hmm. because the way they were filmed, they were, they were filmed in high def film. Mm-hmm. So all the Star Trek is high def, mm-hmm. but then they were so they were sixteen by nine compressed to four by nine. So you so was can't it, expand. Was it digital or uh, film? It was film, high film, definition right? film, very very expensive film that Panavision mm-hmm. used. Um, and the next generation took years to remaster, and they couldn't widescreen it. It had to be four by nine because if they'd have expanded it, you'd have saw uh, runners, you'd have saw cameramen sets mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that's why you've never had DS9 and uh, Voyager mm-hmm. as remastered. Enterprise, yes, because Enterprise was the first fully digital HD Star mm-hmm. Trek. Yeah. Um, but TNG, if you look at season, if you look at season one, more season one, season two. At the back panels behind mm-hmm. Worf, you will see Matt Gaffer tape because <laughs> they didn't realise that obviously the lighting for the for the the, the set for the bridge mm-hmm. it would reflect off glass at the back. Yeah. So you know, in in Star Trek ingenuity, you know, production ingenuity, I just whack on a bit of gaffer, whack on a bit of gaffer <laughs> put a bit of sharpie there, and you cover it. And it's stuff like that that you, <laughs> you first see when you're in HD mm-hmm. and. That's why they can't do DS9 because at DS9 you'll see all the cover-ups, you'll see all the blemishes, you'll see bloody coffee cups all over the place that aren't supposed to be there. <laughs> in Encounter of Farpoint, yeah, I mean, like you said, but Q he was such a unique character. Always yeah. has been a unique mm-hmm. character. And John Delancey, mm, chef's kiss, absolutely yes. perfect mm-hmm. for that role. Yeah, like you played the smarmy, like know it all, like superior being so well. But that's when you kind of like fell in love with the characters. Sorry, sorry, Charlotte. His son was in Voyager. Mm-hmm. His actual son, playing Q's son, was in Voyager. All right. Yeah, he, uh, he mm-hmm. did a, a few episodes in Voyager, and then it was. I think it's the only role he's ever played. He's now like a doctor in in South Africa and things. He went on to get a degree, and that was mm-hmm. it. Oh, so he, he went further then. <laughs> I was going to make a really joke a joke about that but then I was like no he actually did something with his life <laughs> sorry um, my camera is starting to do my head in now by the way I'm really starting don't, to lose don't, my patience don't touch, don't touch it because if it goes off I'll kill you <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to have a mess around with it it's, it's doing my head in so I'm sorry for people watching on YouTube if I'm jumping all over the place it's alright like I say it's, it's just a special effect that's all um <laughs> But like the little nuances, just... but the new little nuances that they put in as well, like the next generation. Um, I like I only realised watching the back. So like when you watch it the first time, you don't notice all the little things. The fact that Jodie LaFord is in pain when he uses his visors, yeah, and mm-hmm. the fact that like say, you'd rather be in pain and and be able to see the things. Because, um, like I said, Beverly Crusher offers some like uh, pain relief, use it, but I'll stop saying, um, and offers to numb the area of the brain where where it's affecting. And he's like, "No, I'll stop stop us from saying." So that little thing where you would choose to be in constant pain over not or 
I'm keeping you sight. It's just like I thought that little element just blew my mind completely now. There's a beautiful moment about that in um, Insurrection, the, mm. the film before Nemesis, where mm. basically they go to a planet and they find that the, something in this planet help, is helping prolong life and, and it's constantly regenerating cells and things. Um, and he, he, he suddenly realises that he doesn't need his visor because he, his eyes are regenerating themselves. And mm. he's talking to Picard about the first time he sees a sunrise and that he knows as soon as they leave the planet... Mm-hmm. He's never going to say it again. So yeah. he's just like standing, savoring the moment. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful little moment. It was, but it's it's it it's the detail, mm-hmm. like little little bits of detail like that. Yeah, but like from the groundwork that up, like when you talk about like the, the guy that started it all, Jane Roddenberry, like like the idea he put in place, and um, as Goodwill said before, it was such a pure idea as well. Just not go down the route of just being. Star Wars, like going into like attack board, it's pace missions or gold boarding board and exploring and try and be like what human humanity hasn't been for so long, welcoming, inviting, and showing the like the universe that there is a better way. And I thought that was done well. And like one of the things I always loved as well, like we've talked about Q, but they always give like good bad guys, but reasons for doing it as well like the Klingon is the ultimate for me I know like some Trekkies love Romulans for different reasons and and you go into other ones as well but I I, I always like the backstories behind it as well like the war planet and like how it's more tribal with the Klingons as well but like saying you get later then we finally get a Klingon on board the Starship Enterprise which when you go back to the original seems absolutely crazy that that idea would ever come but shows like the idea of how Starfleet and like advancing and and basically showing peace that anything can happen and I thought that was just a beautiful way of doing it any any you know that was always Starfleet's mission that was always the Federation's mission you know they they don't want enemies you know they want not allies they they want to make friends they want to unite people and like you said Paul that the transition from the original series to the next generation, you know, oh, we've got a Klingon now. It's a hundred years in the future. Yeah, Klingons are in Star Trek. Yeah, a blind man can a blind man can can run. Um, well, I mean, first he was he was he, he could pilot the ship, mm-hmm. and then he was the chief engineer. Yeah. Then you look at you look at Strange New Worlds now. I mean, I won't spoil it anything, but they do have. Oh, fuck spoilers! We don't, we don't care. No, they they we don't. Oh, get in there. They have... <laughs> <laughs> Strange New Worlds now has Star Trek's first legally blind actor mm-hmm. playing oh. a blind engineer. Wow. And there's, there's a great scene in episode two. I mean, I don't care if it spoils. Um, he's, he's chopping a carrot. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone goes up and goes, do you want help with that? And he goes, why? He's like, this, this doesn't stop me. My, 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 my impairment doesn't stop me. Yeah. And Spock throws something and he just catches it. And he's mm. like, you know, you're, you're, you're pre, um, I don't, I don't know what the word is. You're, you're pre, uh, you're, you're pre, like, I know what you mean, like stereotyping someone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, he's like, it doesn't apply to me. Yeah. You know, I, oh I can gosh. do, I can do everything that you can do. Yeah. That was always and, and, and probably better. <laughs> yeah. But go, going back to Encounter of Farpoint, I mean, yes, it was, I mean, it's like the motion picture. Everyone just wanted Star Trek back on the telly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and one scene in A Count of the Five Point that always gets to me, and I mean, I watched it the other day and it, it, I choked up a little bit. It's the very last scene with McCoy. Mm. McCoy's on board and, you know, they're saying, are you ready to get underway? Oh, well, there's this one admiral and he doesn't want to beam down and it's McCoy at 137 years old. Um, I was just, yeah, I was just, I was just about to say as well because I was blown away that we had bones in the first episode. It was just a little cameo, and I was like, "This has got to lead into something better." But it was just a nice little thing when yeah. his little interaction with Data. Uh, yeah, he's like, because Data, because Data says something, he goes, "How old do you think I am?" He goes, "137 by Starfleet records." And he, <laughs> he looks at Data and he goes, "I don't see any points in your ears, boy. You sound like a pumpkin." <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "No, no, sir, I'm an android." And he goes, eh, "Almost as bad." <laughs> and they go on and stuff like that. But there's, there's one, there's one beautiful. It's only a ten second scene. It's only one line, mm-hmm. and he goes, he goes, it's a good ship. You remember that? You treat her like a lady. And she always always take you home. Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> all the, because DeForest Kelly. I mean, mm-hmm. DeForest Kelly was always the oldest mm-hmm. cast member, and it, it's you know, I loved DeForest Kelly. I loved Bones because yeah. he, he had that. He mm-hmm. had that. Human aspect, but a hu- contemporary human aspect. Yeah, yeah. But he was like what we was wanted to say, and like he was calling bullshit before we were thinking it. Like if yeah. if Kurt was doing something stupid, he would say, J- J- uh, uh, "James, this is or oh, Jim, sorry, uh, Jim, this is not right and stuff like that." And you would think, yeah, Bones is the like the moral compass of of most things. It's it's also that he was the translator for some of the science as well, and and I think Star Trek carried that on for every episode, for every series. Mm. You know, you, you had you had Bones in the original series. You know, Spock would say, "Oh, X, Y, and Z," blah, 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 and, and Bones would go, "Damn it, Spock, I'm a doctor." I'm a and then you have, you know, in the next generation, you had mm. Diana Troy, who was yeah. that. you had um, uh, you had Tom Paris in, in Voyager, DS9. Mm. Yeah. DS9 was just all over the place, so everyone did. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that this now. I tried with DS9 many a times, even though the acting in it was good. I just couldn't buy it. I, it wasn't I... Star Trek. It wasn't Star Trek for me, <laughs> to be honest. I'm sorry. Um, the one, like, see, I fell like, not out of love, but my continuation of watching the TV show ended with Voyager. That's when I thought, I don't think. Because uh, to be fair, Jane was one of the best captains. I'll say that out there. She- and and will stand by that <laughs> statement too. He absolutely yep. loves that woman. And she is one of the sexiest captains out there. Sorry. <laughs> we were so lucky. We were so lucky that we got Kate Mulgrew for Janeway when the original actress yeah. left after, I think it was after two days of filming. Mm. And she went, yeah, not for me. And we brought in Kate Mulgrew. We were so lucky because she is amazing. The world yeah. is lucky to have that woman. She is phenomenal. She is incredible. What a voice, though, as well. I could just listen oh. to her talk as well. Oh, she reminds I mean, I'll tell you who reminds me of Kate Mulgrew. I, I don't know if you've ever seen The Expanse, the mm. UN president yeah. in The Expanse. It's that type of voice. You know, it's that type of... Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Kate Mulgrew. Kate Mulgrew is Janeway. You know, I've had mm. 16 cups of coffee before nine. <laughs> you know, where, where's Tuvix? I want to murder him again. Oh, that <laughs> it's, that's fantastic it's, it's honestly it's the only way Anne's tolerated Orange is a New Black was because oh, she was in it, it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was not a bad accent she, wasn't it a bit of a Russian accent she did it was Russian she was yeah. Russian yeah and he absolutely, it's the only reason he tolerated it was because of her and he even said to Dean the quiz who was the best captain <laughs> of all time and I was like Janeway and he was like yes 
You got it right. <laughs> but but even that was like the this, like the pilot episode for that was so well done and like interesting as well. It wasn't just the standard of Star Trek. It was the fact that like say there was stowaways and like say like kind of like a resistance that when they got blasted so far out in space that they would never get home type thing, and that was the journey that they, they went on to try and because it was like and they all kind of banded together. That that kind of brought like brought an interest out of it again but i think with deep Space nine i know it was more probably a lot of trekkies do love it because it went all more political and was more about um like issues and modern issues and trying to be like say, interracial and, and discussing that way but when it stopped becoming about going off and and visiting and going on adventures like i say that was the whole why i love star trek in a way but before we start talking about, like, say, the areas that we might not be too in love with, I want to talk about the films a bit more. Now, I know the first one gets a little bit of shit, but I do it, do like it. It's But with all different types of, like, sci-fi and stuff, why does all the main bad guys have to be a fucking cloud? Bones <laughs> says that in the motion picture. Right. Bones gets beamed onto the Enterprise and, uh, and, and Kirk goes there's a thing out there and it's coming to earth he goes why is everything we don't know always called a thing <laughs> <laughs> and again but most i mean you you were going on about star wars and star trek fans mm-hmm. you know going at it we wouldn't be where we are today mm-hmm. without star wars without a new hope in 1977 mm-hmm. True. and i love star wars and i will always be eternally grateful that mm-hmm. Star Wars was was made because I wouldn't have my love here. Yeah. Today. So so that's a good point though. Let before we like move on to the films as well. Let's have that conversation that we did touch on earlier. Why do you think this the friction between the, the wars and, and the Trek fans? I don't think it's actually something the fans have made. I think potentially it's like been advertised that way or generally because like Generally, when I've talked to people, um, I've not heard anyone saying, oh, I, I don't like fuck Trek, I'm a Wars fan, other than fanboys, which was a parody. But the internet seems to think that, that there is this big um, like divide because, in essence, you can't have one without the other. You're absolutely right. And I don't know where that argument comes from. I can't even sit here and say uh, I like Star Wars more than I like Star Trek. I can put that argument forward, but that's just personal preference. But I would never go out of my way to say I fucking hate Star Trek because I love Star Wars more. Yeah. I don't have that in as to do, I don't know. I, I think we're all like that, aren't we? We don't sit there and, and say we fucking hate something because we love this other thing better. Yeah, because in essence, they have the same key points other than like say like the battles and everything is a lot different and the fighting for different things but in essence it's adventures in space it's indiana jones in space in a way mm-hmm. yeah and, and also really sorry charlotte i totally forgot your dad's watching mm-hmm. i really apologize for my language i'm sorry <laughs> um, i always i always found the whole star trek versus star wars things a bit of an urban legend like it seems like it was one of those myths that sort of gained a bit of traction and mm-hmm. a lot of media and stuff yeah. kind of went with it and, and perpetuated it 
Mm-hmm. But when you act, when you talk to actual fans, there's not that much animosity between them. It's sort mm. of like, yeah, I like both. I just tend to lean more towards Wars, or I tend to lean more towards mm-hmm. Trek. Yeah. Oh, look at him. He's lighting his uh... <laughs> You've gone, you've gone, you've gone from being in like total sunshine to like darkness. (laughs) Bless him. Bless. Um, I was going to, I was going to say something and I've totally forgotten. It was something to do with Star Wars and Star Trek. Do you not think it's, do you not think that it can also come down from the toxic fan base? Because let's be honest, Star Wars has a lot of them. And, but quite honestly, I've never come across a toxic Star Trek. Um, post or fan or anything like that. I really haven't. I'm obviously not looking in the right places, am I? (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say you've not been in the forums there from the years. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been, but I don't. I don't see them quite a lot. Do you not think it can come down just from that? From people, you get it in. You get it with DC. You get it with Marvel. And there's a certain group of people who they just want animosity. They just want the hatred. They fucking sorry. They thrive off it. It depends, because like I said, there's certain people out there that still say, put up memes and stuff saying, keep politics out of Star Trek. It's like, we're there. Star Trek, <laughs> yeah. Star Trek, was, no. Star Trek was built on politics. And, and keep politics out of Star Wars. I'd agree with that one, especially during Clone Wars. Bloody hell, 80% of the program is, is politics. Uh, no, but that can be interesting when it comes to Star Wars. Oh, Trek, it Star really Wars, wasn't. Uh, <laughs> but um, but the, yeah. the, the whole rivalry never, ever existed. Because I, I think Star Wars and Star Trek fans are the same people. They, they oh, you know, that's right. You know, some might like oh. Star Wars and not like Star Trek, but they don't actively hate and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And I've never, I'm, 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 this is probably propagated at the time a lot by popular media. Mm-hmm. And you know, oh well, they both got the word star in it. Ooh, which Ooh. camp are you in? Are you Team Edward? Are you a it's team like or a, a sparkly person? You... It's like a rivalry, isn't it? Like it's, it's like yeah. an, it's, a, it's a clever, it's a clever marketing thing as well, though, because if if the media at the time sort of encourages this rivalry, mm-hmm. then the studios are going to jump on it when the films come out and be like, "Oh, well, this film is bigger, so it's obviously the better star, whatever fan, mm-hmm. whatever fan, like yeah. franchise." Yeah, it, I it, it doesn't not work in the studio's favor when it comes to rivalry. I just don't think that there's much of it there. It doesn't no. work. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm the same. For uh, sorry to detract, I'm the same with console wars. Oh, are you team PlayStation? Are you team Xbox? I don't care. No, I don't give a shit. Like, like what you like. Mm-hmm. You know, that is a whole point of nerdism. That is a whole point of this group. Like what you like. Mm-hmm. Be passionate about it. If you don't like this, move on. Simple as I think, that. But I think, I think that's what, where... going back to like say like when we were kids and stuff. I know Goodwill mentioned like say you just get picked on because of like Trek. But I think. There was a perpetual like appearance of it as well that Star Wars was cool. So I, I remember even like people I used to play football with, like when I played rugby, they used to talk Star Wars in like a like higher regard. But Trek was always like, as I said, the nerdy type of sci-fi, and I think that yeah. might have been next year where the cool kids like Star Wars, where the people who like were, were like who, who, as I said, they had their own nicknames, the Trekkies, were always mm-hmm. like, as I said, like. What people would, if you watch the Big Bang Theory, that's what people used to think we were like as kids. Yeah, um, and I think no, that's what I was like as an <laughs> just just not as, just not, just, just not as intelligent as them. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's that. Yeah, I, 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 oh, you're a tricky. Oh, you're a tricky. You're a sad. Oh, you're a tricky. I'm like, yeah, so. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that might have been some of that attitude, though. I think it's because Star Wars is probably considered the bad boy of, of the two. Well, yeah, you've got you Han Solo. Get, well, it's not just that. I mean, if you look at it, you only get a movie every few years. So they have to cram everything into it. It's a lot of special effects. It's a lot of explosions and fights and, and arguments and, and mm-hmm. all the rest of it. Whereas mm-hmm. Star Trek, because it's, it's TV, it's, it's weekly, there's not as many mm-hmm. big fights. as it, And because of its message as well, its message is about... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Learning and accepting, and and not mm-hmm. trying to take over, but just trying to expand your mind. The way that we're talking, it's almost like Star Trek is the more um, intelligent of the franchises because of the. You've got to think like Star Wars. It is literally pew 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 and more pew pew pew, <laughs> and and Star Trek. You're actually getting a message. You're getting something yeah. that you can take home. Let's talk about fire. Actual life, <laughs> as opposed to. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they, they've both got strengths not and they've both got weaknesses. Yeah. Sorry, not that we're calling Star Wars fans, you know, not intelligent. No, my God, no. I am a Star Wars fan. I purposely put my picture behind us just to make sure that the world knows and the universe knows I am with the wars, but it almost is. I'm not like... <laughs> I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'm really not. Star Wars offended us by giving us Jar Jar Binks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, oh my god would you leave jar jar alone this was not the episode to be picking on jar jar (laughs) we haven't even talked about wesley crusher yet so we've got plenty of oh my god wesley crusher (laughs) so i i do like will wheaton and i've listened to a lot of his podcasts and i found (laughs) i found it hilarious when he was talking about he wanted a promotion at work. He wanted more money. He, he wanted more screen time. He wanted more money. And they were like, we'll give, we'll, we'll promote him, but we'll make him an ensign. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. yeah a fu- we'll make him a full ensign. Would that be enough? And he was like, is it a full ensign going to pay my mortgage at my house? Like, <laughs> like, you're not getting what I'm looking for. And apparently, um, Patrick Stewart used to absolutely annihilate him every day always used to pull pranks on him and absolutely like run the sh- like as a kid on that set it sounded so much fun but when he got into adult stages he really he wanted to be part of the the old adult crew and they were not letting them in at all <laughs> there was that skit wasn't there in family guy where they had like a, a, a next gen reunion where stewie beams up all the actors and will wheaton's part of it and they go to mcdonald's and, and will wheaton's at the window he's like I want a, I want a hamburger. No, I want a cheeseburger. I want chicken nuggets. And Patrick just slaps him and goes, "You get a shamrock shake and like it." <laughs> and I was just that's like, very much his life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was the same with Denise Crosby who played uh, Tasha Yar. She wanted, yeah. um, she wanted a pay rise. Well, not a pay rise. She wanted more screen time mm-hmm. because you know she again a, a difference from the original series in the Next Generation. You know, you had a female head of security. Mm-hmm. Um, and Denise Crosby, she was she she went to Rick Berman. She went, you know, I want a pay rise. I want you know, want more screen time, and they killed her off. And I remember, oh my God, no, I remember. It was yeah, a sad. It was a, it was a really sad way of killing her. Though, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was a really, it was a really excuse my French shitty way to kill her. Hmm. Uh, yes. And what happened was there was, I, th- I think it was after it wrapped. She was going. They, they did a cake for her and everything like that to say goodbye and everything. And Rick Berman, who's the executive producer of all the TNG era, came up to her 
ripped the comm badge off the chest and went, won't be needing that anymore. Um, And it was a, yeah, it was a really, I mean, they'd patched patched it up Mm -hmm. later on um, and she was brought back as, uh, she played a daughter in in Mm -hmm. the series. But yeah, it was, it was the same with, with Will Wheaton. He, you know, he wanted a pair rise and they said, oh, we'll make you an ensign. We'll make you a full ensign. (laughs) Yeah. Like, uh, he literally said on a podcast, "Is that going to pay for my fucking house?" Yeah. <laughs> that might when he doesn't go far. You know, no, it does not. Yeah, but uh, going back there, I went. I think she left. I think she done an episode of the Red Shoe Diaries with David Duchovny. That's a different type of program. You know, no, that would be a giant watch. That Grant's going on a Netflix now. <laughs> <laughs> You know, find that on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> but but Denise, Denise Crosby, for all her limited exposure in the you know in, in Star Trek, she is hands down one of the most wonderful people you will ever meet. Mm. Uh, she does the convention circuit. She does all that. She does the voiceovers for Star Trek Online. Yeah. She is funny and just always appreciative of the fans. Um, yeah. We, we were talking. Yeah, yeah I think I, no, I think that's. With a lot of the cast and stuff, they do appreciate because with a lot of fandoms as well, uh, a lot of the shows people just don't give a fuck. But I think mm-hmm. with the Star Trek cast and everyone, like I've not heard anyone be a dick, like in any of the like say yeah. to the communities or the fans and stuff. I know Shatton this is where even, oh, even yeah, <laughs> to be fair, Shatner can do what he wants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> even when the the actors themselves have had rivalries, like. It's no secret that Shatner and Takai do not get on. Hmm. Is it they not? Never... No, they don't like each other. Oh, all. I did not know that. At all. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, they, oh my. they always they always <laughs> agree. They always agree to attend conventions for the fans. They never let it sort of spill over into yeah. into that. They they appreciate and, and I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going off in a bit, but I. There's a new podcast out there from Connor Trinia and Dominic Keating. My God, he's promoting more podcasts on our show. Paul, what's he doing? But they were talking about the fans, and they they said they didn't truly appreciate what Star Trek was. I mean, they 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 knew what it was at the time when they were working on it. They didn't truly appreciate how much of an effect. Star mm-hmm. Trek had on people's mm-hmm. lives until they started attending conventions and people were coming up to them and saying, "Your show changed my life. Your role yeah. changed my life because of because of you, mm-hmm. I did this." And I think yeah. Star Trek, Star Trek did that for a lot of people. And I know they were they were they were very grateful to a lot of people. Like they had, uh, I forget her name. She was one of the first female astronauts uh, from NASA. She guest starred in the Next Generation as a transport operation, and yeah. she he said, you know. Without Star Trek, I wouldn't be able to go on the space shuttle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you and the stars. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, same. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and they, they ch- you changed my life. And I know I've, I I said it to people when I'm at, con- I'm at conventions. I'm like, you know, you you helped me through really dark, st- dark parts of my life. You, you know, your show, you, you helped me, you changed me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the you know Connor Trinney and, and Dominic. I mean Dominic Keaton. He was a British actor. He he was in Desmond. Do you remember Desmond on Channel? Yeah, he was the young <laughs> hairstylist. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, it's it that's on that's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah. Was anyway. Um, and he said he did. He I mean he he was aware of it like most of them were, but 
they didn't appreciate it. And Patrick Stewart said it before, I think it was before Star Trek Picard. He did the conventions, he did everything, but he didn't truly grasp mm-hmm. the effect and the message mm-hmm. that Star Trek had until he sat down and he watched all seven series and he was like, my God, yeah. What, did, really, what have I done? <laughs> we, we, made, we created something that... Uh-huh people you know live by their values by yeah uh, and that has such a profound effect on people and i think the best part about it is that it it will live on their message because you'll you'll have people of our age who'll have children who'll pass it on to them who'll pass it on to them it will be something that will be passed on and i truly believe that we would not have conventions that we have today if it wasn't for star trek fans Mm -hmm. i have watched hundreds of documentaries on conventions and Every single one started with Star Trek. It was the Trek fans who got together, who started to build these up. Comic-Con was founded on a lot of Star Trek, Red Sonja as well, but Star Trek was a predominant force throughout the first ever Comic-Con in San Diego. There was, there was the very first Star Trek convention was created by Doug Drexler and someone else who, Doug Drexler was in, incredibly passionate. This was when the original series was being cancelled and he got mm-hmm. saved twice. Uh, no, sorry, got, no, got saved once. And then there was two campaigns to save it. And Doug Drexler was instrumental in that. And he created the first Star Trek convention. He, you know, he championed Star Trek all the way through his life. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to Hollywood. He became a makeup artist. He oh, was wow. The Dick Tracy movie. He mm-hmm. won oh, yeah. Oscar. The makeup was good, but the movie, ooh. Yeah, he, he, won, he, won an Oscar. <laughs> he won an Oscar for that. And then someone said, you know, Gene, Gene Roddenberry is bringing back Star Trek and he fought mm-hmm. tooth and nail and 17 years later mm-hmm. Doug Drexler was one of the head VFX guys for Star Trek he was he was there all the way through the years he's just wrapping up on Star Trek Picard season three right. the series three yeah oh, that's next gen generation back isn't that a good one <laughs> yeah yeah and and he he was a fan and he started out as a fan and now he has been instrumental in nearly all the 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 nerd the really nerdy trek tech as they call it stuff um he designed the enterprise from star trek enterprise um mm-hmm. he... not all the same but... <laughs> <laughs> sorry no, 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 no. That, that, that's quite a good segue like i said i thought about that as well um because like say when you come to talk about Star Star Trek, you, it's it's hard to not talk about like all the different like versions of the Enterprise that we've had, all the different Star Trek like ships because there wasn't an evolution. Like the first one looked like it was just a plate and like toilet roll holders put on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, if you, for the people who are not watching on YouTube, there is an absolutely incredible uh, collection behind Goodwill of. Do you want to tell people what it is, Goodwill? Because I will so, butcher it. Um, I collect uh, sci-fi ships. Mostly Get away. Star Trek, mostly Star Trek, if you, if you haven't guessed. Um, I have easily about 600 ships. Uh, it's like, like right behind you right now. Not all of them right behind me. I'm only so there's a little thing uh, that wants me to, them to fall over on them yeah. now and just bury them in the ships. No, no. <laughs> I'm not I having another Martin. Jones. I am not having another episode like we did with Martin. Uh, that was terrifying. 
So I have I have a lot of ships, but I, I collect ships from Star Trek, Battlestar Galactica, Mass Effect, the Orville, uh, the Expanse Futurama. Um, but I collect. I, I think I have nearly every single starship that's mm-hmm. ever been on camera as a concept or in a book. Uh, right. Yeah. Now. If you are on audio, please go and have a look at the YouTube channel and see the backdrop that we are looking at because it is absolutely spectacular. And I, I'm not a Trekkie, and I am blown away by that. What I and loved he looks very trout. <laughs> <laughs> what I loved about the ships as well—they all had purpose, like say, like certain things. And I never like realized when I saw the Enterprise, like as a kid. I didn't get it at first because you got this big saucer and this thing. I was like, what the fuck? Like when you, <laughs> and when you see them part for the first time, like the saucer <gasps> coming away, it was, it blew your mind that they, they could separate and they form like it was a fucking transformer. They, they, originally, <laughs> they wanted to do that for the original series. They just did not have the budget. No. Um, and what I, what I love about the, about the starships of Star Trek, they are based like the expanse. They are based in science fact. Loosely, mm-hmm. but they are Loosely. based in science fact. And, and Matt Jeffries, who originally designed the very first Enterprise, the original Enterprise, um, that's why they're called Jeffries Tubes on Star Trek, by the way, because of Matt Jeffries. Um, he consulted with NASA. So he, he actually went to JPL, who were, you know, hi guys, I'm making a TV show. Yeah, we're trying to land a dude on the moon. On the moon. Yeah, class. Anyway, so I've got <laughs> dude on the moon. So they're like, yeah, we're, we're trying to do this. He's like, yeah, great. I've got this ship. And he, 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 and he, he asked, you know, and the design of it, although, you know, it's 60s TV, mm-hmm. it's function over form for most yeah. of them. You know, we have two of these for this. We have this for this. Mm-hmm. And the, the, I mean, I, I love the ships. I, mm-hmm. I think, I think no. it was, so someone said the original series Enterprise from mm-hmm. a design, I'm, I'm useless with design, but someone said it's, so symmetrical and so perfectly shaped. That's why it's such an iconic. Mm. Uh, it's design. very pleasing, pleasing on the eye. Like yeah, when I've done my design work, everything had to be spaced. If you look at anything that's designed out, like probably it's the design of our layout, probably it's doing me head in because the same spaces aren't like round. So yeah, it's annoying us. But to be aesthetically pleasing, uh, like the same spaces all the way around. Like even text, make sure that's the same distance away from like that top than it is to the side, and it looks better on the eyes. But like, say, if something's perfectly round, it, it's more pleasing. That's why they say people with semester like like faces that look identical are more pleasing to other people. So that's, that's a why that, you look gorgeous. It's just the beard that hides everything. It's the beard hides everything. So don't worry. Hashtag four Paul. I'll tell that. I'll tell that today. But we're not mentioning hashtags today because Kev will be jumping in in a second with all the, the Charlotte ones. Bless her. She's amassed oh, quite gosh. a few these days. You've got more than me <laughs> now, Charlotte. <laughs> oh. <laughs> poor little Charlotte. Um, oh, poor Charlotte. <laughs> One of one of my favorite ships is the recent discovery one mm-hmm. because so, it's, just, it's just it's still instantly recognizable as starship as, mm-hmm. as like a Star Trek ship, but it's just a little bit different. It's a little bit unusual to what we've what we've seen before. Yeah, and do I think know, it, it. Do you know who designed that? Purpose. No. Do you, do you know who? Uh, so that was originally going to be the Enterprise for Star Trek Phase Two, which was the second series that was going to be made in the seventies. That was designed by someone from Star Wars. 
Star Wars ships. See, that's why you like it. I'm gonna butcher his. <laughs> I'm gonna butcher his name. I think it was Ralph Mc, Ralph McQuarrie or something like that. And then you can they, say you can say it as as you wish because we have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> it was yeah. He he he'd done a load of. He was the one. I don't know if you like. Do you remember those old seventies sci fi novels? And I had those beautiful covers, and he had like androids and doors. Was it like Fabio and stuff? <sighs> he did he did those covers and he he designed right. this ship um mm. and he we and they were looking and when they were designing the discovery like the very first concept it was ralph McQuarrie's um design mm. and so which yeah, so which out of the ships that, that we've seen on star trek would you class as your favorite that you've seen i would say charlotte I know you mentioned about the Discovery, but is that your all-time favourite of all the Star Star Trek ships? Like, all-time, all-time. All, all-time favourite will always be uh, Next Gen Enterprise, just because mm. it, was, it was the first one that I saw separate. It was the first one that I saw. It was, mm. yeah, so it will always be Next Gen Enterprise, but Sorry. the Discovery one, I just, you know, there's just something about it that just, it, it, it pleases you. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. What about yeah. you, Sam? Have you, have you got a favourite? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the one that looks like a plate. I have no idea. Um, I would, Thanks my, for including us, though. <laughs> um, mine probably is, uh, it's not the Enterprise. It's probably the Klingon board at the Bird of uh, Bird of yeah. uh, I just love the look of it and how it looks bird-like and that it goes from, like, invisible like the cloak and but it like it's got rules to it as well like it can't fire when it's cloaked it has to be like in full i know they change a later on and stuff but i just love the whole like the colors because it, it reminds us a little bit of red dwarf in a way with the colors yeah. you know like uh being a little bit starbuck oh wait, that's my favorite one i'll choose that one too <laughs> but it's also it's also similar to starbuck isn't it because it's got all the giblets all over it and it, the way it's designed it's like a hodgepodge it you know it's a it's a i mean not to be nerdy, but it was the design was on a Romulan design that the Klingons stole. Yeah, it, like they 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 overused them, overworked them, so it had loads of griblets. And it, it, I I agree, Paul. It reminded me of Starbug quite yes. a lot. Yeah, uh, color scheme and the way it just looked like dirty and, and just beat up. Tell you what, that's there's a future episode for us. Ooh, Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf. A dwarf. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I'm on the dwarf. I, I yeah. Yeah. Dwayne <laughs> Dibley. Honestly, it's the one series that I have like I watch at least twice a year. And oh, yeah. guaranteed I love it. Yeah. Let's not because I'll I'll start. <laughs> do, you, do you know do you know Paul? The, the I know Paul, fine. yes. You know Paul. Do you know Paul Paul? <laughs> do you know Do you know that the Jupiter Mining Corporation has an office on Deep Space Nine? And that is a fact, and it is canon. Ah, did I? I did not know that, but I know the TARDIS has been found on uh, Red Dwarf as well. Like there's a little photo where the TARDIS was on the yeah, outside, and uh, so there's loads of little cameos and stuff. Lots of like, well, they did a full Blade Runner episode. In it's the new just one. all one big universe. That's yeah. so. For a podcast that is based on nerds, right, and and nerd topics, this has to be by far the nerdiest <laughs> one we have ever done. And, by far. And, Can you do it with both hands, though? Yeah, with like I have to force. I have to force I'm a that crab. one. Nano, 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 nano. Yes, we had to get a mark for more. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is the nerdiest one. We have ever ever done. So 
so and films, goodwill had to be on it. Certainly. So out the films as well, because I know I, I really wanted to talk about the films because I, I've got so many good memories of watching the films, even like being scared of the films. Like Rafa Khan was terrifying as a kid when they put them earwig things oh. like in the ears, um, and Chekhov become like. Like no sense at all. Like then under the power of, um, like say the, of Khan, but like I know some of the premises went crazy. Like like uh, was it the Voyage Home where they had a kidnap whales to save save the future? The, to the one with the whales, oh, as everyone calls it. I love Voyage Home. But the whole time that, that was the time travel one where they, they went around the sun to go back in time or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh, Superman's done it. <laughs> Superman yes. went round Earth, Paul. He yes. went round the sun. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I'm like totally lost. I've got a clue what you're talking about. Like, say, which of the standout films? I know Charlotte's mentioned about First Contact. Like, uh, being up there, especially the whole premise, like of. Um, the Borg. We'll we'll talk about the Borg as well in a bit because Sam don't want to be Sam to be too lost off. Um, but yeah, probably my favourites are Raph of Khan, Khan just for normal. But I love Generations, the mixture with Shatner and Picard. I know Goodwill is probably just going to punch us in my face now. No, 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 no. You've just been on. I've just watched it. Yeah, I remember going to see it at the pictures with my dad because we originally went to see go and see Tom and Jerry the movie, but we missed it. So, <laughs> so my dad went, "Oh, do you want to go and see this?" I went, "Fuck yeah!" It's, well, I didn't say fuck that because my dad would have slapped the shit out of us for swearing. Um, but I said, "Yeah, let's go and see Star Trek" because that was the one I wanted to see anyway. And um, but I loved the whole premise, like, um, and it had what's he called, Malcolm McDowell in from uh, yeah. um, Clockwork yes. Orange was. He was brilliant. He hit the scene perfectly. Uh, we had Whoopi Goldberg um, being actually quite like ama- like prevalent and amazing. Like, you know, it was just a small cameo, but she brought something to that film that I absolutely, like, say, was mesmerized by. But the whole interaction between Kirk and Picard was just, like, say, I, I lived for it. I could watch that all day. It was, um, it, gets a, it gets a lot of flack. Um, and there was some issues behind the scenes. Um, the uniforms were all over the shop. Um, it it went historically over budget by about $10 million. Mm-hmm. Um, the... And that was the Shat- Shatner's uh, food table. So. <laughs> so, <laughs> Shatner's was... rider. <laughs> it was, uh, it was that, I mean, five million was Shatner's stunt wigs. So, mm. um, Ooh! Yeah. <laughs> um, no, g- generations. I, I mean, I, I love all Star Trek. You know, some there's some that's weak, there's some that's 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 you know really strong. Generations, it divided fans a lot because people didn't want to see spoiler alert, Kirk die. Yeah. Oh, what? Um, <laughs> yeah. Like real for real. Yeah. Like real for real. Like real for real. Like he real didn't come back. No, no, he, he couldn't. Back. Not coming. Um, but. I loved it. I, I think the musical score was perfect. Mm. Um, they did a lot mm. with. I mean, they they, resho- they did reshoots seven weeks before it premiered, <laughs> which was insane. Um, and Marlon Brando wanted to play Zorin, who was Malcolm McDowell. Right, that would have been awful. Brando. Yeah, Brando was. Oh, <laughs> Brando was a huge Star Trek fan, mm. and. He approached Power Mountain. He said, I know you've got a movie. I want to be in it. Here's my fee. And Power Mountain went, 
No, Marlon Brando. Yes, no. Hello, Malcolm McDowell. And Malcolm McDowell famously said, "I only did it because it was a paycheck." Yeah, um, which was sad. But I, I love some some actors do. Yeah, mm. I loved Generations. My, my, I mean, first I'm with Charlotte. First Contact is my favorite. It mm. was they they had the right budget, the right story, the right music, the right VFX. It just had right cast, mm. and it can be considered the prequel movie to all of Star Trek. Because Kirk dies in this one. No, no, That's this was we jumped. But just before we do go into the, the full monologue of uh, of First Contact, because um, I, I love the premise of Generations, like the idea behind it and the idea of why the bad guy wants to get back. Imagine your most perfect, happiest memories and that you've been taken out of that. Because, like I say, it was kind of like a vortex where it hit. You couldn't fly into it; you just disintegrated. But if it, if it, if you were in its path, you were sent to a place where you were the happiest you've ever been, and you were permanently living in that happy memory. Heaven. And heaven—that's that, pretty much it. And for you to be ripped out of that, of course, you're going to be finding every way to to get back. And that was the whole idea behind Malcolm McDowell's character to get back into that perfect moment. And for Patrick Stewart to have to go into it to get Kirk out to beat this guy because he couldn't beat him by himself. Um, that was like say, the premise I enjoyed. Sorry, Charlotte. I know I know it gets a lot of flack and stuff. But I think part of that is largely to do because Kirk dies. But Kirk couldn't la- couldn't have lived forever. No. He was going to have wife. He was going to have to leave the role at some point. I mean, yeah. William Shatner's in his 90s now, so... You know, mm-hmm. Bloody Leonard Nimoy was oh, exactly. doing it. Shut up! I mean, he was, but he wasn't. He wasn't. Leonard Nimoy in the newer movies was was a, a little bit more than a cameo. He wasn't sort of. Mm. He was meant. That's it, what he was. He, he was, but he, he, there was no way he could have. No, he couldn't. He couldn't have had Kirk the same way. No. So that no, exactly. I did not so, know till right now that Kirk died. He wanted, he wanted to come back in Star Trek Enterprise. There, there was this huge, there was, there was these really big talks between his guys and Paramount. And he was like, I've got this story and it's going to bring Kurt back and it's going to be this blah, blah, blah. Enterprise, Sammy takes place 100 years before the original series with Kirk. Mm-hmm. So it's like the 22nd century. And the Shatner's guys had this whole idea, you know, because William Shatner wrote a load of Star Trek novels. Um, mm-hmm. Where especially after genera- <laughs> yeah, after generations, he wrote a lot because he wanted to bring Kirk back, and he was like, yeah. "This is how, I would- <laughs> this is how this I'll do it." Yeah, yeah, because he was well, he was he was pissed that Kirk died. Yeah, because there was, a, there, was a, there was a there was a sequel novel to Generations. I remember was, reading yeah. that. Yeah, that was a it was actually quite a good book. Yeah. Uh, I remember reading it, but wasn't it about cloning them and stuff like that as well? It was something like that. But then, like I said, with with Enterprise. There was, there, I mean, there was rumours at the time that he was like it was being leaked to the public. Oh, Kirk's coming back! Kirk's coming back! And Paramount were like, I mean, not not even the executive producers of Star Trek were involved in these talks about mm. bringing Kirk back. It was it was big wigs at, at the time, UPN, which was the network mm. it was on, and they were like, right, oh, okay, this is a good story. Blah, blah. What do you want for it? And Kirk was like, here's eight times what you pay Scott Bakula. And again, Paramount mm. went, <laughs> bye. Yeah. Scott, <laughs> Scott Bakula is him from Quantum Leap. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wonder <Yeah>. me. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yes, yeah, so going back to the movies as well, um, like I say, as you, as you were talking about um, First Contact, we got what can be the most devastating and, and brutal villains that we've ever seen in the Star Trek universe. Um, and this is Sammy's nemesis. Do you want to give us the name, Sammy? The Borg. Oh, the Borg. <laughs> I left you I was, open there just to redeem you. did. I, there's no redeeming this. <laughs> The whole, like, say, because I know they've taken the piss out of the Borg and so many different, like, family oh, guy done it and stuff like the, that. Sorry to interrupt, but is the Borg people with, like, things and lights? Or yeah, am like I just. Half yeah. machine. They've been assimilated. Oh my God. Yeah, no, I know. I, yeah, I can, I can see them. Okay, continue. But, like, say, when we were first introduced and, like, earlier on in, like, Next Generation in the series, you knew, like, say, this was a force. But then when you got introduced to the Borg Queen, and there's a beautiful think of it like as a, a hive like a um like a beehive like one queen that basically runs everything and, and the borgs just looking to disseminate and and create um oh, i'm trying to think of the name of it now Help well, guys. Um, drones Drones, that, that was the thing, like, and just to serve the collective. As the collective to serve the queen, a bit <laughs> like you guys with the the cult. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, sorry, I'm looking at pictures of her right now. Wow, she's amazing. Oh, yeah. poor, poor lass, though. I mean, what was she? Mm. Oh, she was like God, 14, yeah. out, 14 hours in that. And she, if she ever needed a toilet break, it took three hours to get her out and get her mm. back in. In her makeup, she looks very similar to Glenn Close and um, Timothy Swat, Timothy, uh, what you call it? Uh, Tilda Swilton. T- and yeah. her, and there's one more person in there, and I can't, Imelda Staunton. Mm-hmm. There's, so, there's just something Imelda, like around the eyes. Wow, impressive. Sorry but, to interrupt. I loved the journey that uh, Data went on in that movie. Because mm-hmm. I know, know who Data is. I know I've had uh, like things in the past with them using the emotional chip and stuff like that. But then when she start replacing his skin with like where he could feel and and have that like be like aroused, shall we say? Because uh, there was oh my things. god, he, he, he what he got aroused? Oh, he's well, fully functional. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> Programmed in multiple techniques. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interesting. Everyone needs, everyone needs a data or has a friend. Uh, <laughs> limited data. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I loved his like journey in that movie as well. Like, because I know they made the joke in the first episode of uh, First Contact, where not first, uh, next gen, when they called him Pinocchio, and it was kind of like going past that point of becoming a real boy as well. There's a uh, there's a line in First Contact that always gets me, and it, it's. They're just about to confront the Borg that have, have sort of started taking over the Enterprise. And Data's going through, like, all these emotions that he feels and stuff. And uh, Picard turns around and he goes, just for now, Data, it might be an idea to turn off your emotion chip. And Data sort of does that and goes, done. And Picard just turns to him and goes, sometimes I envy you. <gasps> and it's it's just, for, it's, it's, it sums it oh up. Oh, my God, I've got like, chills. Data is so desperate to be human, mm-hmm. but I mean, probably Picard more than any any of the others is is sort of trying to run from from his humanity at times, mm-hmm. and it's just the mm-hmm. perfect sort of like yin and yang of of the characters. It's yeah. almost like he's protecting him from something that he knows that, like, like not wanting that emotion to be hit yet. 
That's oh, it's because it's because Picard, uh, Picard was in in the next generation was assimilated by the Borg. Mm-hmm. So he, when he, I feel like Borg, I knew that when he when he yeah when he confronts the Borg. I mean, it's it's it deals with themes of PTSD. I think yes. Hundred percent, yeah, because he keeps having mm-hmm. dreams about it, doesn't he? He does, yeah. He, he has, he, he senses, he senses when they're near, mm-hmm. even even light years away. He will sense when they're near, um, and that he, he for data. He, I mean, like you said, he, he envies him because data can just shut it off. Picard can't, mm-hmm. um, and it the. I mean, right at the beginning when he's having that dream. I still, mm-hmm. to this day, I still wince at that opening scene. The yeah. eye. The oh. eye. To this day. <laughs> What's happening they, with the eye? They did oh. not have to put the drill bit they in didn't. the eye. They put a drill into the eye? It, 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 it's literally like... I feel like I need to watch this film. So, <laughs> so Picard, Picard's having a dream, and he's having a dream about being assimilated, and th- this drill comes like within millimetres of his eye, and then he wakes up. Oh no! No, if you like, put one, it bends the, it bends the, it bends the eyeball. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Watch everyone cringe. <laughs> Sammy, then Sammy, he, he wakes up thinking he's awake, goes to wash his face, and he, he starts going, "What's that?" He starts feeling his cheek, and he sees like a lump moving, and it just this Borg technology breaks out of his face and starts to take over his face and then he wakes up again and you think, oh my God, how many more bloody dreams you know what man? How many drinks is this real now? Yeah, I've done the oh. classic, uh, like, oh, am I still awake, still, still dreaming type thing. But I, I think we are missed not to mention the amazing James uh, Cornwell in this film. Oh. Cromwell, Cromwell. Cromwell. Oh. Um, only, he, only he could play an Babe. alcoholic genius. <laughs> From Babe, Babe. he was a farmer. <laughs> oh, the guy, the, the guy who's American, really but he, he, he really pulls off the English accent. He's in the Green Mile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He played yeah. Prince Philip. I know who he is. Yes, but uh, he's Prince Philip in space. <laughs> let's not let's not mention it. Yeah. Let's take the royal family out of this. Uh, but yes, um, he's absolutely breathtaking in this role. He gives Star Trek a little bit of uh, gravitas because it was just after he won the Oscar as well, wasn't it? He did. Yes. What a word, gravitas! I love that. Yeah. That's a great I, word. I don't think I've ever laughed at Star Trek so much as the scene in the bar. Where he gets Deanna drunk. <laughs> oh, when he makes and he's <laughs> dancing, and she just she just looks at him and just kind of falls on the table, passes out, <laughs> and Riker just kind of goes because <laughs> he, he goes brilliant. to the bar, doesn't he? he Riker goes uh-huh. to the bar and he finds her, and she's like, "It's a primitive culture. I'm just trying to blend in." And Riker goes, "You're blended, all right." As he's putting the hypno in his top pocket, right? Yeah. <laughs> R.A. Yuli will like her alone. Half the population oh. of the galaxy owes their gra- existence to him. <laughs> the whole beard. You could oh, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, and I, I, I get laughed when he meets the uh, Vulcans come down and meet him for the first time. And you see him out sitting in the barn, he's like slapping them and showing them the jukebox and stuff. And the Vulcans go, no, no, this is how you dance. This is the mistakes we made. I love um, Al- Alfred Woodard, Woodward, he's, the, he's friend who's helping him, uh, James Cromwell, build the ship. 
Or Lily, um, love, Lily Sloan. Yeah, I love her her reaction when she first breaks up on the Enterprise when they're being because she's kept in she's she's injured and she's kept in the med bay and they said keep us sedated until we can fix what's going on down there and she'll never know she was here mm-hmm. um and then the Borg takes start taking over the ship and they've got no choice but to wake her up and yeah. her reaction when she's first woken up on this ship that shouldn't exist because obviously it's set in the past yeah. they've time traveled and it's Again. set in the past <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Picard, and her like, reaction they, is brilliant. They they escape because it's it's another cameo by Robert Picardo, and he's brilliant in it. I mean, he's only he's only in it for like a minute, and Beverly Crusher because Robert Picardo is a, an emergency medical hologram from, from mm-hmm. Voyager, um, and Crusher activates him. She goes, "Tony Barger about to break in here, cause a distraction." He's like, "I'm a doctor, not a doctor." <laughs> and they, <laughs> They they escape they escape and the ball comes. Impression was mint. <laughs> they 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 so Crusher and all the patients and Lily, and Lily escape and it's it's a brilliant shot because you don't see the bog and so the whole scene you see them hitting the door and you can see like the 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 not the knuckles but like their tools on their hands mm-hmm. you open the door and the camera is the bog walking up and, and you know mm-hmm. the doctor sat there and he's going you know I I read it recent medical records. And, Bog implants can cause severe allergic reactions, like an allergenic. Um, but then, like when they're escaping, it's that scene where Picard finds Lily, and like she's got the gun and she's like really, she's hopped up, she's panicky, she doesn't know where she is, and he's just like, oh, "Do you want to see where you are? Okay, Omen's window. There's Australia. There's new. There's salons. There's and she just she's brilliant for that role. Yeah, like her because it's not an over the top emotion either. It's just like. You can How, see just from her eyes. Yeah. Blind panic. Yeah. Because yeah. she's suddenly questioning what is right in front of her. But that's that bit, and Charlotte, it, where she goes, when he goes, we're fighting the, you know, where he's, oh, we're fighting the bog. The bog. Mm-hmm. sounds Swedish. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tennis <laughs> reference. Get it. <laughs> like I said, I know the, the other two films are come up like it. Uh, what was the one uh, insurrection? I can't really remember too much about. But I, I remember insurrection the other day. That was the that was the one that Charlotte was on about with the well, it's the essentially the planet of eternal youth. The right, okay. of youth. Yes, um, yes, it had a way bigger budget than First Contact, which just didn't land because, because yeah. of the story. Um, but I like I love that scene, like Charlotte said, with with Jordy, who who's mm. you know just just before we leave, I just I, I just want to see a sunset. Oh. <laughs> then, then it moved on to Nemesis, which pretty much killed Star Trek for a long time. I've it? seen it. So, Are you trying to say I killed Star Trek because I saw that film? <laughs> there was going to be. They build that as the generation. So it was a generation's final journey, and they said it's the last film. But they actually were planning another film after that. Oh, the sneaky buggers! But they it tanked so. Hard. Now, um, now, is that down to Tom Hardy no. <laughs> or no. the actual storyline itself? Actual, actual storyline and the way it was directed and, and just shot. Mm-hmm. So Tom this Hardy was actually uh, good. He was a Ben, wasn't he? He was an he was a child. It was, it was twenty years ago. Yeah, it was his first film. He was twenty years ago. I've a huge Star Trek fan. 
I have had my issues with Tom Hardy in the past. I got a lot of hate on the internet for making a claim that I would, I'd rather die than watch Tom Hardy be in a Boba Fett series. Can you remember when the, the rumors were out years and years ago? <laughs> the internet absolutely hated us. I hated the fact that I hated him in Batman. Honestly, worst being, Have, it was terrible. Absolutely agree with you. It's right. It's right. We're talking about Star Trek again, so it's fine. Bring it back. I'm, I'm <laughs> getting there. I'm getting there. No, I'm getting there. But I have changed my opinion on him over the last few years, and especially seeing him in Peaky Blinders, he's been phenomenal. And I just, it wasn't until a few years ago I realised that was him. Hmm. I totally, totally forgot that he was actually in that film. See, I was bringing it round. It was coming round. He was an American pariah for a while after that because no studio would Mm. touch him again. That's so sad. He was a child. He was was a huge Star Trek fan. So when he he auditioned for the role, it was the role of a lifetime for him because A, it was a movie, B, it was Star Trek. And he was like, this is it. This is it. This is perfect Mm -hmm. for me. And he heavily researched uh, Mm -hmm. Picard, uh, mannerisms, everything like that. And when the movie tanked, it literally almost killed him because mm. he turned to drink heavily. He turned yeah. to drink. He was a pariah, like Paul said. And mm. it was so sad because out of most things in that movie, Tom Hardy mm. was brilliant. Yeah. Mm. It was just a bad, bad movie. Well, not a bad movie, shall we say. It was just... It just didn't work. It, it didn't. wasn't. It wasn't in this. It didn't have the same feeling of a Star Trek movie. No. It didn't quite thing. But because I was always surprised that when the next gen finished, that they didn't start leaning into like the other like series and stuff. Moved because like, Voyager was out at this time. So I was surprised. Voyager had finished, mm-hmm. but the, the original plan, what like the Star Trek Enterprise, most most next gen era series, it was seven series. Always seven mm-hmm. series with Enterprise. It was seven series in a movie. Yeah, that was that was the day. That's what Paramount wanted. That's uh, what everyone thought was going to happen. Seven mm-hmm. series movie. That was the next movie after Nemesis or after the next. So why? Next so movie. why did they miss out Voyager though? Voyager was done. Mm-hmm. So what the 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 plan was for the <coughs> next next gen? Bless you. Not make me like just fell. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Bless, your, bless your light for sneezing. Oh, God. They, they were going to do a crossover, Paul. Mm. So it was going to be a bit of DS9, a bit of TNG, a bit of Voyager. I right. mean, Janeway was in Nemesis. Yeah. Although a bit, but that was a plan. But it was going to be an Enterprise. Because that's, uh, that's, that's what made us think. The cameo from Janeway. I, 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 yeah. don't think, I don't think Voyager was ever considered popular enough to get a movie because it won't. At one was, point, just before they bought Seven of Nine in, yeah, it was on the verge of being cancelled. If, if it wasn't yeah. for Seven of Nine being bought into Voyager, oh, the ratings seven were and nine. plummeting. The, <laughs> they the needed the action. And yeah. It was, yeah. yeah, and it was going to get cancelled. So they never took the plunge and made a movie out of it. But it was, it was like I said, most of it was, was Star Trek at that point had moved to UPN. So yeah. the, the television division, television division, <laughs> moved to UPN and UPN was the worst network in America. The execs were awful. See, it should have went to the CW. It would never have got cancelled. It, it, you say it, that. <laughs> <laughs> you say that. They're bringing back Supernatural, for God's sake. But, but Nemesis, <laughs> Nemesis was the, the death nail for, yeah. for Star Trek. And then obviously the movies didn't do well. So they, and then Enterprise didn't do well. But Enterprise mm-hmm. didn't do well because of the network. 
Yeah, it was never it was never ratings. I mean, it was law, but it was never cancellation law. Yeah. But UPN went out of their way to stifle it. And- to be fair, though, it's it's gotten to be an expensive like production. Like, say, just like to produce like what they have. I know, like, say, going back in the day, but to do Star Trek now, it, each episode has got to be like out there. Because I remember when they did Firefly, and I know, like, say. It's a different type of kettle of fish, but Firefly, when it was made for Fox, was one of the most expensive TV shows that was ever produced at the time. It was one of the ones that broke like the million pound an episode when they originally did it. It was largely VFX as well. It was mm. that the the Firefly pioneered the VFX that carried on into Battlestar Galactica, mm. and then in you know, and then obviously into the expanse and Orville. Yeah, um, Star Trek was. I mean, the movies. Were, were very tight on the budgets. Like, I mean, from the early 90s, 20, 30 to 50 million. Yeah. But these days, a movie for 50 million is, is practically unheard of. The, it's the, like a low the, budget yeah, film now. <laughs> yeah. The, the TV series, though, were fastidiously, uh, the, the books were fastidiously kept. Yeah. And a lot of things were reused. A lot of assets were reused. Mm-hmm. A lot of, I mean, the the sh- I mean it's the same with the ships. If you look at the ships from all the next gen, nine out of ten times the ships have been reused. They just took the name off and put another name on, or this, that, and the other. And the the visual effects, the visual effects sort of like increased the the budget of the shows, mm-hmm. but they also reduced it in a way because they didn't need practical effects. They didn't need to to resort right. to these other studios uh, doing that. But Star Trek Enterprise, I mean, I, I said Discovery was the like. It, in 2017 was the most expensive one, but before that it was Enterprise. Yeah, the I pilot it... for that was ludicrously expensive. Mm-hmm. I think it was something like six hundred thousand per episode or so. I'm not sure. That's know, a but... lot of bones, mind. Yeah, but I remember when because like said they made a big deal with especially with Scott Bakula being a name in the sci-fi world. That is an amazing yeah. name, mind. <laughs> coming coming yeah. in and do it, um, but I, I think again it just. I don't think it hit the tone of people were that interested in it because it was a prequel rather than the next it's, moving on the story. It's kind of weird because Star Trek Enterprise has sort of repeated history in the way that the original series mm. gained popularity through syndication, through repeat. Star Trek, the original oh, yeah. series was, was popular, but never that popular. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Until it hits syndication, which you know in America three mm-hmm. series or four series, hundred episodes syndication. That back then it was it was a shorter run. Mm-hmm. Those repeats all the way through the seventies gained them that. Star Trek Enterprise with the advent of Netflix uh, and mm-hmm. Paramount Plus over there, people are sort of where they didn't take notice of it when it was airing. They've took notice of it now and gone, yeah, that that's actually really good. It had oh, yeah, a really good idea. It's, it's interesting what you say. Was... Sorry. Sorry, no, that's fine. What were you going to say? I was going to say, I think the recent, uh, the sort of the reboot movies and then Discovery and Stranger New Worlds and Odex, I think that's helped with an enterprise massively because Star Trek is on everybody's radar again. Mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. it's ever been, up, been off the radar because, as you said, with syndication, because I know we get like Friends and Scrubs that's on 24-7, the Big Bang Theory. Back uh, when we were kids or teenagers, it used to be, con- I, I can't remember it, I, I, Going through flicking through the channels when we first got Sky, that I couldn't find an original Star Trek, I couldn't find Next Generation. There was always an episode on, um, I, even if it was in Spanish or something. Because remember, when you used to get the Sky channels and you used to have all the foreign channels as well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but, mainly German, 
¿Dónde está el Captain's Log? Sí, can he watch on Saturday night? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but, uh, yes, before we get to all the dirty blue and stuff there. But, uh, yeah, because, like I say, Star Trek was always kind of on repeat, like, especially in my house. Um, like, but I don't think you would have got certain, like, shows that, uh, uh, that we got. Like, um, I don't think we would have got, like, the likes of Firefly, um, uh, SG, um, SG-1, like, Stargate, um, wouldn't, have, wouldn't have probably been around um i know you laugh babylon five um even the, the show sliders probably like say a sci-fi oh, sliders. Back, uh, back <laughs> at the time like all these things got produced on the back that star trek was popular and everyone was trying to get on to that like that sci-fi or um like say goals shall we say i think though it was it was at a time where enterprise was on at a time where television was changing there was a shift in hmm. the way television was produced, but the way television was written, because look at compare Star Trek Enterprise and then compare it to Firefly. Firefly, mm-hmm. sci-fi, but it the writing was different. The effects mm-hmm. were different. The way it was shot was different. Star Trek was still stuck in the oh well, we've done this for oh, at this t- at this point, what t- 13, 14 years at this point when it started. We'll just carry on as is. It was only at season four when they brought in Manny Koto, who again was a hardcore Star Trek fan. And he was like, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. And it was a shame because Star Trek Enterprise got really good at the point where it got cancelled. I know that's when certain shows like... Yeah. Hmm. And they they had the start, they had season five written out. They were going back to the Mirror Universe. They were going to get more into the Romulan Starfleet Hmm. war. Um, But the landscape was shit. UPN was awful. I mean, UPN said to Rick Berman once, right, to jazz up the ratings, let's have a boy band in the mess hall of the Enterprise. Why so we could, so we could have been all in for that. Should have been popping away. And, and they said, so we can license <laughs> the songs, we can license the songs, sell them in CDs, and we can make profit from that. And Rick Berman just sat there and went, no, absolutely not. Why, why would I want uh, Backstreet Boys in the mess hall of a 22nd century starship? But yeah, that's what they were wanted. <laughs> but the landscape, and like I said, if you look at the landscape, I mean, Ronald D. Moore, Ronald D. Moore, who was a writer from the next generation all the way to Voyager, left and did Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. which a lot of Star Trek fans will say is probably one of the best science fiction shows ever created. Uh, you had Firefly, sadly, one series. Mm-hmm. But the whole the whole landscape since the early 2000s, since Firefly, since that has changed in time. I mean, The Expanse. Mm-hmm. Look at it. Look at the Orville. I mean, the Orville is probably the best Star Trek series that's not even Star Trek. Not series, but the best Star Trek parody is Galaxy Quest by far. Oh, oh. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yeah. See, Sammy's um, on board with we, that. Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm in it for this one. R.I.P. Alan we, we were seeing that the other day about Strange New World, Strange New World feels like Star Trek again. Oh, mm. oh my God. Can we talk about Strange it, it, New World? <laughs> it, I have no when, idea what you're talking we, about. Let's just skip we, Discovery, we seeing, go about Strange New World. <laughs> <laughs> we were seeing, um, like, when you compare it to Discovery, Discovery, the first two seasons were good. This, uh, I haven't finished season three, and I'm, I'm struggling to find the motivation to watch season four. The writers, um, it's, it's writing. Mm-hmm. The first Absolutely. two series, the first two series of Discovery, <clears throat> the writing was nailed down. It had Nicholas Mayer from The Wrath of Khan. 
It had uh, Brian, uh, please, it's Fuller, who was on Voyager. He did Voyager, but he was he was a really good writer. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff happened behind the scenes in Discovery. Yeah. People got yeah. fired. People got yeah. fired for a lot of really mm-hmm. unacceptable stuff. Yeah, and yeah. the but, writing has not been there, but Strange mm. New Worlds. But, but moving back it, to what Charlotte was saying, because it was interesting okay. what you were saying there, Charlotte. Sorry. <laughs> the whole the whole feel of it. Mm. It's like there's been another shift in in in, in Star Trek, and mm. it it's got the charm, it's got the feel, it's got the writing. It's back to a a, a case or a, a, you know like a case a day sort of a case an episode sort of feel, but there is. After the last episode that we watched, there is definitely going to be a, a theme to it, and I think they've, they've established the the main villain. I'd say that's going to be recurring. So you think so? Um, which, but it just so the, the characters are all there. It's yeah. yeah. So with this new, it's it's called New Worlds. Is it? Because actually, I'm I'm not watched it yet. Is it strange just, New Worlds? Strange New Worlds. So is it kind of like the multiverse type situation where? Or is, it, or is it going back to the original cast, just telling different stories, just with it's different? Captain Pike, so mm. Kirk, Kirk, and the Enterprise. So Kirk exists, but Kirk isn't very old at, at this mm. point. I'm not entirely it's, sure how it's long 20, before it is. It's twenty two fifty nine, and it's six years before or five years before Kirk became Captain right. of the Enterprise. So it's like so kind of like yeah, a prequel. So, well, the original yeah. Star Trek, the original pilot for Star Trek. Oh, no, no, yeah, 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 no, it was Pike, Pike, yeah. yeah. I remember um, So it's his story rather than... Yeah. yeah, yeah, so it follows on because what they did for the season two of Discovery, they brought in Captain Pike um, <laughs> and the Enterprise and there was such an outpouring of love for Anson Mount, who... He is... He, he Brilliant. loved Star Trek. Yeah, he loved Star Trek. Um, he he really worked hard to become Christopher Pike. And there was an outpouring. I mean, the convention I went to in Birmingham, I mean, I, I asked him if they ever did a series, would you do it? He was like 100%. But there was such an outpouring of love from everyone who said, you're the way you acted, the way you, you handled such. I mean, Pike was only in one episode. And, yeah. and, you know, and and obviously there was a movie with with Pike in, but it was mm. he handled there was there was a weight behind it because he was the original, yeah. And and, and Anson Mount knew that, and the way he handled it, he he brought this boyish nature to it, this this sort of <clears throat> slightly Kirk, slightly I would like to say Mal Reynolds nature to it. It was get, get that name out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, my pretty floral bonnet, I will end you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it really doesn't have the same the same effect with your northern accent. <laughs> yeah, American Southern twine. So just before we go on, like I said, so the premise is it's like as you said, set before we saw the adventures, it's basically tales that we saw. So do we have like as I said, is Spock and everything the original cast? Yeah. like with Pike. Spock, it's, it's... Spock's in it. Spock's in it. Uh, Uhura's in it. Mm. Chapel. Um, yes. So, um, so it's it's yeah. essentially it's five years before Kirk took command. So some of their some aren't. So you've got. I mean, they, they really got. They got Nurse Chapel, who was Michelle Beret from from the original. Um, right. They've got so... Doctor Umbenga, 
Yeah. He's only in two episodes. So just just to, get, to, just to get to the point I was going to make, so is this Retison the Chris Pine films, or is this going to be... No, it's, it's Prime Universe, as they call it. It's, yeah, right. it's, so the, the, the Chris Pine films are now regarded as the Kelvin timeline, so they're sort of like... Uh, <laughs> multiverse Sam, multiverse. So it's like it's 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 so the the Chris Pine films are a different timeline. That so there's a sort of version of events if Kirk and Spock hadn't made different decisions, that's what would have happened. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, oh, one of the yeah, one of the requests that they had uh, was that any Star Trek TV that they were going to make had to be the Prime Universe because the yeah. the Kelvin timeline, although good. Not well received by older Star Trek fans, and they wanted to bring yeah. them in plus new people. Can we talk about them films? Because I feel like I can add to the conversation here. Yeah, because that's <laughs> that's when they started going towards the like towards more Star Wars than Star Trek with the new ones, because it was more action packed and like say having Chris Pine doing the best Shatner impression ever. But um, that wasn't <laughs> acting; that was just impressionism, wasn't it? He wasn't yeah. acting. But, uh, I I thought the casting was quite good in the new series. I really I, I love the casting. If you, I think the the best casting in the Star Wars in the new ones from in Star Wars Star Trek. Sorry for the new ones. <laughs> oh, Charlotte! They're coming for you now. Um, was uh, Carl Urban as Bones. Yes. Oh, oh, honestly, that's all I really wanted. Absolutely genius. It's half the reason I wanted to talk about the films. One, so I can like get in on the conversation, and two. <laughs> How amazingly cast Carl Urban was in this film. I think, mm-hmm. to be honest, the, the whole cast as a whole was perfect. Um, mm-hmm. Simon Pegg mm-hmm. as Scotty, like, oh, that was, it was a genius move. And I even like Zachary Quinto as Spock. He had, I thought he was a great Spock. I, I yeah, thought he was phenomenal. Absolutely brilliant. I don't find any part of these three films because I'm not, I'm not a Trekkie as we've all established throughout this. Um, so I hold no love or I'm not looking for a, a to monitor or look at past stuff. I'm just looking at this as a whole. Um, I loved every single film that they did, the three of them. I thought they were absolutely fantastic. I, I even... For- I felt sorry now that one, like, because he was brilliant in the role as well. Ant- Anton Yelchin. Ant- Anton Yelchin. Oh, oh my gosh. Mm. Oh my God. That was heartbreaking. I wonder, I wonder how they're going to deal with it in Star Trek 4. They can't oh. recast him. They no, the cannot. Can't. They can't. He's, he's, oh. He meant everything um, to that cast in, and crew. In the, in the third, the third one, the last one, there's a scene, um, and I don't, I don't know how true this is, but there's a scene where Kirk and Bones are in the bar and they're talking about it, it's the it's Kirk's it would have been Kirk's father's birthday and they're talking about his you know how the effect it's had on on Kirk mm-hmm. and stuff and and they're drinking and they say they got the bottle of, of whiskey or something or whatever it is from Chekhov's locker mm-hmm. and there's a scene where they pour a drink. And they toast and they don't say anything, but they toast and they take a drink. And I read that that scene, that scene was always supposed to be in it. But that little moment was added after the passing because mm-hmm. they wanted to acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah. I and think I've heard something I along those lines. I've got it, chills oh, thinking about it. Like it, it was, was the same so... with Nimoy, wasn't it? They, they, they had to do a scene for Nimoy as well because he passed. It was the they added um, after Sparklands that he's died. Mm. Um, 
he's he's handed something and it's it's a photograph like of all the original cast and they mm-hmm. added that after mm-hmm. I think it's lovely that they paid tribute, but we were we were waiting with bated breath how they were going to pay tribute to Anton in the third one because obviously he'd already passed before it come out and it's we knew they were gonna acknowledge it. And I think for such a young actor he's like he's he has he's he's within the he's within the fandoms basically he's Kyle Reese. Yeah. He's um he's in what you call it, the remake of oh, what's, what's um... it called? Fright Night. Fright Night. Fright Night. I watched that one. Brilliant film. I watched that before I watched the original and I preferred that one. I thought he was fantastic. He's just, he's just such a good actor. He was Odd Thomas as well, which Mm -hmm. is a Dean Coons thing. He's just, he was such a good actor, but he was just such a lovely person. Like there's not one bad word being said about him. And even to this day, this is so sad. His mum and dad, still his, his grave in Hollywood Cemetery is a statue of him. Mm-hmm. And his mum and dad, every single day to this day, will go and visit him. Yeah. Every single day. They do not miss a day. And I watch a lot of videos about Hollywood Graveyard. And they are, they will, <laughs> I do. Because. <laughs> what a statement. I do, I do. I, I watch, I actually watch a YouTube channel called The Hollywood Graveyard. Um, and nobody will film around his area because they're just unsure if his mum and dad's going to be there. And I thought that was so, so respectful. That's the kind of respect he's got for people. I love it. Statement of the podcast. I watch not just some, but I watch a lot. A lot. <laughs> I, honestly, <laughs> I would hate anyone to look at my YouTube, um, searches. It's just a lot of graveyards. <laughs> Star Trek has a a history. I mean, like I said, you know, I I said at the start that I think of them as an extended family, but, you know, the cast and crew, they're all Mm -hmm. a family. Um, And, you know, even in the latest series, I mean, obviously people get old, people pass away. Yeah. uh, And there's been a lot of great, like René Abajonois, who played Mm -hmm. Odo in DS9, Um, Mm -hmm. Aaron Eisenberg, who played Nog in DS9, you know, all sadly passed away. And this is great tradition in Star Trek they get a ship and it's not oh. and it's not it's not the USS Chekhov it's the USS Yelchin the USS uh, Eisenberg oh my god the USS Bobby Jean Noir and stuff like that it's it's got literal I mean, chills are they, are they, I mean uber nerdy here Star Trek Online there is a memorial wall and they list every single actor oh. or, or someone in the production who has passed away and every time Someone passes away, no matter who they are. If they're yeah. Star Trek, they are memorialized and immortalized in that. Oh um, my God, Star Wars wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, not, not to be disrespectful with us doing a podcast about Star Trek, we'll hit the walls one day. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, we have, an, we have an inkling in there. Oh, that'd be so cool. Um, can I just bring it back to the, the films again? I need to ask you a question because obviously I don't hold anything towards them and I didn't understand the hatred that this actor got when he played this character, Benedict Cumberbatch, in the second one. Got a lot of shit and I don't quite understand why. I'm going to put it out there now and I know I know who he was playing and I know that I'm going to get probably shot and hung drawn and quartered for this but I actually really liked what they did with that character in the film I thought it was a good it was a good take on it without crapping all over the original so was it was it a case of because he was playing Khan it wasn't the same (laughs) version as what what you'd seen before I'm just trying to establish why he got so much hate I I think a lot of it was right it's Khan Noonien Singh Khan he is I I believe what, what was he 
Indian Asian Charlotte. Yeah. It was it was whitewashing. It was, it was basically it was, whitewashing. Yeah. So <laughs> that, was, that was the, the first part. Yeah. Called, there was an right? act there was an oh, accusation right, that okay. they they because it was Ricardo Maltaban was fantastic as Khan. Mm-hmm. You know, he was. And, you know, it's it's one of those where you would never replace him, but they did. Yeah. Uh, and so a lot of people said, you whitewashed it. Oh, right. Why, why could you? I mean, like I said, in Star Trek, there's, there's, there's this rule about eugenics and genetic manipulation. It's been banned because of the likes of Khan, because a yeah. lot of these people rose up, took over large quantities of, of the world, you know, countries and stuff, and 30 million people died. And a lot of people said, why did you have to go to Khan? You could have chose lo- a load of other people and it still would have been perfect because it's got nothing to do with Benedict Cumberbatch or Bendy Snatch Cabal Patch or whatever you want to call him. He was fantastic. His voice. I only do oh, that to make Sammy so funny. I think Goodwill's probably hit the, note, the thing. You've got such a vast story to tell. And mm-hmm. again, they're rebooting it. And it's Star Trek 2 as well. Why go back to Star Trek 2? That, to be honest, out of the films is one of the more perfect films and try and rehash it in a way, but telling a different story. But it felt like a slap in the face to most people. But I mean, I I liked it, but I can understand why people didn't. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Can I I give. Oh, sorry. At the same time, you can totally understand why they did it because if you're going to get Star Trek fans excited, mention Khan, and that's probably. This is exactly. Yeah, this is exactly you know, what I was going to say. From someone from an outside perspective, I know the name Khan. Hmm. I know I've, I've heard the jokes. I've seen the, the parodies and the memes and everything like that. So when you say Benedict Cumberbatch is going to play Khan, I'm like, oh, holy shit, this is going to be, this is important. Like, yeah, but I think the way they did it as I mean, well. he was. Because the way they did he it. He was brilliant. Oh, he was. Oh, no, he, he was good. But the, how, the, how they kept on saying, he's not Khan, then winking at you saying, he's not Khan, then winking at, all the way through, then... He is Khan. Even <laughs> even 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 watching the film, I was like, he's not Khan. Then he was Didn't like, JJ Abrams apologised for that because all the way through, he was like, he was like, it's not Khan, it's not Khan, it's not Khan. Yeah, but that it's was Khan. the kind of it was. Like, oh, that was the kind of like. It's not Khan. Yeah, but that was the kind of bullshit behind it. It was like everyone knew it. Yeah, and they tried to do it so much. They should have just, if they were honest about it, it probably would have been received a little bit better. Said yes, right. we're doing a remake of Rafa. Well. Our our version of Rafa Khan, oh, yeah. we don't need a twist. We just needed to be entertaining, and it yeah. was entertaining. But again, there were certain bits like that whole flying through space um through all the bits was a bit like it didn't that didn't feel like Star Trek. That felt like Leah uh, being um, force ghost through shit, which annoyed us. Even again, we're not going to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> no, no, no. There is, there is a lot of there is the, the fight scenes do, do have a Star Wars. Where you you you're dealing with Abrams now, JJ Abra, Abrams mm. now, who is now in the Star Wars mythos. So you are like me personally. I am looking at them films and going, oh, look at them. Kind of look very similar in their fight scenes. You could almost <laughs> put the Millennium Falcon in that, and it would be exactly the same. <laughs> They, yeah. they could have had, a, I mean, it, it would have been received a lot better if they just didn't use the name Khan. If it was some other tyrannical leader who was shot out into space or, or whatever, and then maybe at the end, you know, where, you know the, the scene where I call it the Raiders of the Lost Ark scene, you know, where mm-hmm. is he? He's been dealt with by top men, shoved in a fridge. 
at the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone someone could have done what they did at Picard and just have what are we going to do if someone else comes back? What do you mean? And just have like something about calm. Yeah. yeah. Like that that yeah. would have been a lot better than just saying, yeah, it's calm. Yeah. But I think as I, well, I, by, by the time I got to this point, because then what was it beyond afterwards? I think we were a little yeah. bit suffering from Star Trek fatigue at that point because beyond mm-hmm. didn't do well at the box office. But when you watch it, it's not a bad film. It is one of the up there I, for like I, entertaining yeah. ones. It barely received any uh, media um mm media well, uh, advertising it, it received yeah, no there was buzz. no more marketing for it i i was sat down i was i was talking to one of my friends and i was like there's a star trek movie coming out when next month i haven't mm-hmm. seen anything for it is this one with andy cumberbatch no no uh, it the is. one after oh, the, it, the one after oh the third the third one hmm. yeah oh I freaking loved it hmm. that white alien thing holy crap did she look beautiful mm-hmm. I've, I've i don't actually remember much of it though so <laughs> But I, I have to admit, back, yeah. yeah. But I have to admit, like when they're going for like this, like like this original trilogy, I loved what they did with the Kobach Kobanashi. Uh, oh, the um, oh, yeah. yes. yes, that was that one was... of my favorite things ever. When he's just sitting there, he's eating his apple. That was such a shattering thing to do, but it was done so well. There's a cut scene from that where, because obviously he, he cheated. But yeah. There's a cut scene from the 2009 one where it shows how he did it. And he, he literally <laughs> slid into Alas's DMs, <laughs> went higher, she opened it, and she released the virus, which shut down the whole thing. <laughs> so he's like, it's such a Kirk thing to do. It's like, oh, I'm so glad you right, didn't get to see it, though. Like, as like a main film, I'm so glad you, you just got to know, yeah, that's just Kirk all over. I love it. And Chris Hemsworth was his dad. Yes. He was, and uh, Jennifer Morrison from House and Once Upon a Time was his mom. And no. Winona Ryder, Winona Ryder was Spock's mom. Yes, yeah. she was. She's a great she mom. Indeed. She's playing great greatness <laughs> with moms, yeah. isn't she? Love her. Yes, love her. So, what are you excited for now? I know I said a new world, uh, a strange new world's coming out, but I know. There's rumours, because there's been rumours now for like the last ones, because I know Tarantino was penciled in to do a... What? It's been no, no, it's fuck been that. Yeah. That would be amazing. Oh, Come so on, man. Yes, it would. Nah, sorry. It was a Star um, Trek horror from Tarantino. and uh, I mean it. Went, no, no. no. Oh, they're missing fan. out. I'm I'm missing out. Just, I, I yes, honestly don't think Star Trek would work as horror. Nah, of course it wouldn't. It wouldn't. <laughs> of course it wouldn't. I just love that. I just like writing a ball off. <laughs> I think the closest thing we've had to, to horror in Star Trek is the Borg. Yes. And that works perfectly. But anything more than that, and it would just feel a bit cheap, I guess. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's Tarantino. You just expected red blood all over the place well, and... But I was thinking about this the other day, and I was like, do you know what? If it was horror, it would just be aliens. Mm. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It, it wouldn't would even be aliens. It would be alien yeah. on the ship. Or just do it like Spock finally broke breaking and go on mental and killing every fucker. Killing every fucker. <laughs> 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 some, here's, some, here's some fan fiction cutting written up. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, Neelix coming back and being pissed. Oh. <laughs> I hate to see that. <laughs> I hate the fact that everything's gone out of my head tonight, you know. <laughs> I fucking hate it. <laughs> okay. 
there's a there's a character in Strange New Worlds that I'm really excited about, but I'm I'm kind of a bit dubious about it because of a name. Mm. Her name is I can only remember her. a second name is Nunian Singh. Oh, la la la. Uh, yeah, la la, la la yeah. So I kind of feel like we know where that's gonna go. So you're gonna get your stereotypical Asian character now. <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm just I'm having to Google this because I have no idea what you're talking about. I, <laughs> I think I think a lot of people. I mean, I said this in a comment on the group the other day. A lot of people have looked at Strange New Worlds, looked at how good it is, how good it's written. It's the story of the week. It's gone back to the original series uh, way of doing stuff, which then moved mm-hmm. into the next generation. And a lot of people feel like going up to Paramount, CBS, and going, see that, do that for all of it, and we'll be happy. <laughs> it's, it's Black because, Bolt? Because the, yeah, the way... Yeah, that's Anton Mount. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But the way <laughs> that's written, that is yeah. Star Trek. That is yeah, what Star Trek absolutely. is. Absolutely. They've tried with, I mean, like I said, they tried with Discovery. The writing is is not up there. I'm not going to say I hate it, because a lot of people hate Discovery. Good for them. Jog on. Oh my gosh, okay. But Star Trek Picard, Star Trek Picard had a, some would say a dodgy first season, and the second oh, season, season was better. Oh. Season two was better. It so, made I, me cry. A con, a con. <laughs> and I don't cry. <laughs> yes, that, that last oh, scene. Oh, I do that enough for everyone. <laughs> yeah, the, the last scene made me cry, and according to the, what, oh, what I've heard from the third season, obviously with the next-gen casting, but it, apparently it hits critical mass. Don't know what that means. Give in. My light's staying on the floor. Sorry. <laughs> but I'm if they if they do what they did originally, because like I said, they listened to the fans. When Anson Mount came into Discovery, they listened to the fans and went, he's actually really good. They gave him a series. And now we're saying this series is really good, more or yeah. less. And a lot of people have said we want this spin-off, you know, we want Star Trek to go this direction. If they continue to listen to the fans. I'm really hopeful for Star Trek's future. Um, um, yeah, I'm hoping they do that and apply it to this this long rumored, maybe shelved spin off of Discovery with Michelle Yeoh's character. The, the Section the sort of, Thirty One series. Yeah, the sort of Black yeah. Ops sort of. Because I loved her character in Jeez. Discovery. I thought she was brilliant. She and I've kind of been no waiting. No, I've been, totally I've been waiting for this series. I mean. Jojo Mirror Universe Jojo was terrifying. Yeah. She was just brilliant. I've been waiting for this series. And I think maybe if if they take what they've done with Strange and Worlds and put it in this in this this other spin-off, it's gonna be brilliant. I think that they need I, I, they originally didn't weren't listening to the fans, they were like, we're gonna do it this way, we're gonna do it this way. And if you don't like it, we don't care because we get here, blah, blah. And the, over the, the last five years, they've listened to the fans and mm. sort of going, okay, okay, we can do it this way. And, and yeah. the but, reviews speak for themselves. They've done, they've done I think, what... A... I think there's a, there's a certain amount of fan service you can do. But mm. as you said, listen to the fans. But there's got to be a point where yeah. you, you make your own choices and stuff as well. Yeah. More, if you it's do everything... Because yeah. as you said, with fandoms and stuff... They always get to do this, or they always want to say something. But sometimes you like. I remember watching the X Files and saying, "I want to see Mulder and Scully get together," but 
that would have totally yeah. ruined yeah. the chemistry. Yeah, it's like the new, it's like Ghostbusters Afterlife. That had enough fan service in it, but I don't, if we're going to do another one, I don't need that fan service. You've already given us yeah. it. I can, yeah. we can continue yeah. on. But, but wouldn't you agree yeah. though? If, if you look at Star Wars, there is a set of, when you make it a Star Wars show, so there is a set of rules, like a Bible, that they have to abide by. Oh, I wish they'd Wars. break them, though. Ooh, um, mm-hmm. I'm conflicted there because I think sometimes they're scared, too, because if you look at what they did with the movies, yeah. they were too scared to break away from the Skywalker, and as soon as they did, we got the Mandalorian. But look, see, look at what happened with the fact that Ryan Johnson tried to take a risk on the second one, and it absolutely flawed it, it, it people hated it there's a i think there's a very there's a very fine line between studios telling the fans what they want mm-hmm. and fans yeah. telling the studios what they want strange new world yeah. has hit that <laughs> right in the middle mm-hmm. it's strange new world is right in the middle and it's working yeah it's, I think it's, the tiny, it it's the tiny things though that that the fans would appreciate it's like with season two of Picard, they brought in a lot of people from the next gen era, and they were like, "You can't really do this because it, that's that's not what happens in world." You know, it it's sort of that that the tiny things make all the difference. So it's that sound effect, that 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 computer panel, the way the lights on. The oh no, no, I, I completely that, yeah. agree. That, that, that's stuff like that. Yeah, that that's I understand that element. Like like, but the only thing is again. What I get worried about is when fans dictate too yeah. much of like how oh, yes. sort of that because yeah. because to be honest, like say I've got ideas, but most of my ideas are shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> my most of my ideas think let's bring the Goonies into this Star Trek versus the Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel versus the Goonies, DC versus the Goonies, bring it in. Data versus Batman, Batman is fucked. <laughs> I love it. Picard yes. season two again. Spoilers, so I apologise. Picard season two made made it canon that Seven from Voyager was by. Right. And a lot of fans went mental about that. But why she's half a robot anyway? So well, it's just a shit. part dildo. For me watching it, who can remember when Seven first came into it and remember Seven before she was in our little silver cat suit? Yeah. She was a gay icon. I I always got the I always got the impression that if she wasn't gay, she was bad. Mm-hmm. So I didn't and I I didn't understand that the sort of the outrage about it at all. People like being angry for the sake of being angry. They well, feel okay. like they have such a they have such a hold over a character that they think is theirs and it's not. It's mm-hmm. not. This gives well, her I mean, more choice, bless her. It's exactly. <laughs> Why, why, if you are a Star Trek fan and you are a genuine, passionate Star Trek fan, why would you care about someone's sexuality? Oh, because exactly. everyone... Because they do! Because everyone projects what they want. On exactly. But, but I think that's quite a good point just to like, wrap it up as well. Yeah. I know we've talked quite a lot. I'm excited. Well, if they make a Star Trek 4, I know they keep rumoured with the Chris Pine, or if they're going to oh, do a complete it's, reboot. Um, no, know, it's, it's going ahead. Is this the Chris yeah. Chris Pine one? Chris Pine, yeah, it's all good. I'm I'm very excited if that's going to happen. I'm not I like I don't know how many more of them we've got in the in the tank for them because, as I said, I know they're not doing much, but they are getting older and stuff like that. So we might get uh, Carl Urban never ages. Oh. <laughs> I know this is going to be a big one to say, but I think he's getting a bit 
bit too big to be playing Bones with some of the characters he's playing now. I'm sorry, but like he they, is as Billy Butcher. Yeah. The, the size he is as Billy Butcher in the Oh, big, big, right. I yeah. thought you meant like as in big no, headers, right? No. Okay, I get you. I get you. you. Sorry. Would, would you say, Paul, he's big boned? <gasps> oh. this, is. this is the goodwill. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> On that note Simba time, Simba time. <laughs> I'm never coming back. <laughs> you are always, always welcome, my friend. Should we wrap this bad boy up? Because it's been, it's been emotional, mind. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. You've done well for not knowing too much about the subject. Oh, I've just been—I've been soaking it all in, man. Absolutely <laughs> soaking it all in. So, we've converted you into the trek, have we? Nope. <laughs> watch first. Con- if oh, no, no, no. If anything, watch first contact. Right, we will okay. love first contact. It's you don't have words. to know anything. It's—it's it's a standalone one as well. The, the, the Borg, the Borg cube alone is so striking, like visually. Like Star Wars has the Death Star. Star Trek has the book. Cube. Ended. Yes. <laughs> that was perfect. So, yes. So, um, this has been my mighty return and Goodwill's first mighty return. You missed one episode, man. <laughs> one, ep- one episode in 60 odd. And, that's and, true. And a, and a full 12 hour that I did that someone didn't do a full 12 hours <gasps> oh, on as well. <laughs> oh, man alive. You're never going to let it live it down. He really never, isn't. Never, never. They're going to let it down. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, so thank you, Goodwill. Like I say, you've like, you, you didn't. I know you were nervous, bless you, but you've done really well. So you haven't really shown nervous. Uh, Charlotte, it's always a pleasure as always. Uh, hope hopefully you'll come back again. <laughs> I'll think um, about. It. I'll think. About it. <laughs> What's next week? Well, we've got a little surprise on Tuesday. That means Sam's going to be doing something he don't know about. It's, <laughs> Um, we're going all we're going, we're going all hostful. <laughs> going all secretive, but we're doing a, like a kind of a secret episode. It'll be during the day, so yeah. I know not many people will probably be listening live. But if you catch up, it's going to be an interesting one to, uh, to catch up on. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna love it, basically, is what I'm gonna say. And you're gonna want to listen out for it, even if you can't, because it is during the day. But you catch up on it. I swear, I promise you, you'll love it. But uh, because, like I say, it's been a while since me and Sam's just done one together, so we thought we'd just throw that out there. Um, next week, uh, is, I know. Is it books to movies? Is that what we're doing? Is, is that yes, the one? It is. Yeah. Oh, so you're back? Yeah. <laughs> you're not going anywhere, are you, love? Yeah. <laughs> uh, see, I know it's, James. It's better, I, was, I was quite. It's uh... better because be, I'm. Uh, it be because I promised the book club that. That's what it is. So. <laughs> um, can I just clarify? I'm a, I'm a having to make a top five for this. No, no. Oh, thank God for that. I was thinking about it, but um, that's hard. That's that's hard because it could be pretty much any a week film. Is not enough time. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, now you said it, I might make it a top five just to be, just to fish us off a bit. Mm. <laughs> yeah, not be the bad. He's evil. <laughs> Look at him yeah. stroking his beard. He's like, oh, yeah. how, how can I wind you up? But yes, um, <laughs> so that's that's what's happened this week. Uh, I know Jake's away, but I'll probably message him to see what Twitch he's going to be doing. Because uh, we want to play some ghosties. Yes, because uh, I, I want to play a ghost. I want to play a ghost. I want to. I want to intimidate everyone. Yeah, the ghosts. Because <laughs> I think they've added a few new ghosts to the game. <gasps> they have. We need to get on that. We need to get on that and play some more ghost games with goodwill. <laughs> and Jake can annoy us. 
I want to play hide and Jake seek. Jake just runs away. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's annoying. Jake pretends not to be as scared. He's going, I'm not scared, but I'm going to run back to the van. Yeah. You're the main camera. You have to stay with us. <laughs> Yes. Um, so yes, uh, catch up on YouTube. Like see, the last episode was the alien review, um, and hear about h- how a cat fucked a film and how oh. someone gets angry about a zip. Oh. Watch, rant, watch the rants. I have actually taken that clip, and if you want to just watch that clip alone of that amazing rant, it is on my TikTok, my personal TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. Brilliant. Too old, too old for that shit. But yes, uh, <laughs> same bat time, same bat channel. See you early, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.